here, the finale part two, which is really the real finale of Cheaper by the Dungeon season one. I don't have a bit because we don't want to waste any of your time anymore. We just want to get right into the action. Jacob, are you here? I'm here, ready to go, feeling good. Adam, are you here? Let's do this, man. And Connor, get in, get over here. I, I never left. I, oh. Honestly, I'm very dehydrated right now. I, Where you been? I, I've been here, like, since the last recording. I never left. You, Where's you guys left? I stayed on. Just, just in the podcast universe. Yeah. Um, no time to talk about Lucky Charms today, though. Uh, only time for fight, fight, fight. Because it's Sunday! Actually, it's Tuesday! 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 Um, Time for a big, big fight! Okay, quick recap for y'all. What we had last time, blah, 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 calms the king now. (laughs) And then Farron, the sorcerer candidate, uh, started going berserk and wearing these different masks, heightening her powers and fighting our three heroes. Uh, Turi, the god of bliss took Colm and ran with him to the Church of Salem, uh, saying that this was how uh, he could switch the gods um, and make Turi, you know, the new god of Orem. While he was running, there was thunder and, and rain, and, and it was storming clouds up ahead, um, and Mir, the god of storm, descended on the cathedral while the three boys chased Farron there and fought her there to... to let uh, Turi and Colm open the gates into a special little room. Uh, where we left off, Mir was inside the cathedral uh, talking with Turi and telling him how judgment was finally coming for him uh, for breaking the divine oath, whatever that is. Mm. Uh, and Turi was trying to stall. While he stalled, Colm was able to enter into this room that no one else could and push over a vase. But while he was doing that, he got shot in the back with lightning, which the boys cleverly saved him from. They saved him from death. Um, Colm is now inside that hallway, just kind of kneeling. He's still alive. He's not unconscious, but he's there. Uh, But once the vase was broken, Turi went in and started taking all that sweet prayer power that was somehow stored in this room. Uh, Mir's pissed. Farron's kind of freaking out. And you guys are just kind of there. (laughs) Uh, and Mir still hasn't noticed Arian. Anyways, so that's the setting. So Turi was just starting to get this power. And he's starting to grow. He's in the body of Carol, the female kind of librarian type, which is his tether. But she's starting to grow. Her body mass is starting to expand. Mir is starting to flail about, but also retreat kind of backwards away from the door a bit. Uh, as Tori's kind of expanding and moving slowly and starting to walk out the hallway. He grabs Colm by the um, collar and kind of drags him out too and carries him under his arm. So, you know, he's he's still okay. Uh, once outside of the stone doors, Tori kind of throws Colm to the side safely um, just so that he doesn't immediately die. Uh, and then Tori really starts to expand and Carol the eyes of the tether kind of go off and Carol speaks up and is like Turi, whoa, this feels so much better so much better than I thought it would 
Oh! And Turi comes back and is like, Oh, it's gonna get better! Watch! We're gonna become one! And you see the body of Carol, it's expanding too much, and her fingers are starting to split as new fingers come underneath. Her mouth starts to gaping, and her face is kind of stretching wide as a new face is coming out of her mouth, it seems. It's like a body is shedding from this other skin. Uh, and you see it's not really a human face or body. It's this very long, kind of slender face with a very wide grin and two rows of pointy, grinning teeth. And the eyes, while still black because of the tether, there starts to become they start to split and spread vertically so that there's two up above and two below. Um, the hair starts to grow and become this teal green color. But it's, it's like this creepy, tall, lanky figure. Uh, but it starts to fill the cathedral room and gets almost to the point where they're gonna, their head is about to touch the ceiling. And then it stops. And it's like really thin for a moment. And then all of a sudden, you feel a wave of that bliss energy. And you kind of just smile a little bit. You don't laugh or anything. But then you just see the body starts to fill out. And the muscles start bulging. And, but the face is still very long, slender, and demented. But it looks like a, a barbarian-esque body <laughs> is that's like 15, 20 feet tall is now in the room. And Mir just kind of is seeing the threat now and is trying to back up and lightning starts sparking from their back as they're trying to prepare a ranged attack. And I'm going to need all of you to make a wisdom saving throw. That's advantage for Fey Ancestry, baby. 14. 21. 21. Uh, that's only a 12. Okay. Uh, Darian and Normandy, uh, you fail. And you are now frightened. Not only by Mir, but also by Turi. And just the sight of two gods in your presence is overwhelming. So you are now frightened. Uh, so that means you're going to have disadvantage on ability checks and also attack rolls. Um, wow. That's going to be happening as long as the source is in your line of sight. Um, so have fun with that. Do we get to shake free from it at the end of our turn? Yes. Uh, you can make a wisdom saving throw at the end of each turn to kind of uh, shake off this effect. Okay. And if we're frightened, that means we have to flee. Uh, no, uh, you're not going to be fleeing. You just can't willingly move towards them. Wow. Okay. At least for this part. Um. And as long as my D and D uh, DM table thing that I have in front of me says so. <laughs> well, there you have it. That's like law. But, but DM, I'm allowed to move towards her, right? Because I'm not scared. Yes. Uh, so, Zippy, you are not affected by uh, the fear. Uh, so you can uh, you don't get disadvantage on ability checks or attack rolls. And also you can move towards it if you could want. You, but I don't know could why. Could you elaborate on my bravery? No. <laughs> oh, man. You can do that. Um, anyways, uh, so Darian and Normandy, you're kind of quaking with a little fear in your gut. Uh, and 
barren while still having these angel wings and the mask on. And she sees Colm and all of you guys. And she's going to start booking it to Colm. What are you guys going to do? So because of the kind of placement of everything, I I was halfway up the cathedral. That's where we left off. Mm -hmm. Am I able to move towards Farron and Colm? Yes. Uh, so Turi is kind of moving more into the center of the cathedral while uh, while Mir is kind of near the entrance doors. Uh, Colm was kind of thrown to the side as well. So, yes, you can make it to uh, Colm and Farron if you want to run. Yeah, I want to run up. Um, is is she still in the air last I recall? Is that still the case? Yeah, she's kind of floating, levitating. She was up above, yeah, in the rafters, and she's kind of flying vertically down now. Okay, uh... I want to run until I'm within 30 feet of her. And okay. And as uh, as soon as I I can see that I'm within 30 feet, I'm going to cast face step. And I want to face step above her and try and tackle her to the ground. Okay, so you can do that. Uh, you are running and sprinting towards Calm as Farron is starting to fly vertically down trying to descend upon him with that long sword she has. Uh just as you get within 30 feet of her, you face step. Bing! And you pop above her. And make a grapple check. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's gonna be a 21. Okay, um, well, let me do this. Uh, yeah, you tackle her! <laughs> she is, sorcerers aren't known for their strength. Um, so as you teleport just above her, you grab her wings and hold them up so she can't fly, and she goes crashing down to the ground face plants, and you have her pinned underneath your knee like on the back of her neck. And before we go any further, let's roll initiative. Ooh, baby. Okay. Eee, okay, not the best. And does Connor roll initiative too? Yes. Okay. And that's uh, uh, speaking of which, that's a twenty-three for me. Oh my gosh, man! Your dice are flipping loaded. I got flipping twelve. I need to get new dice, man. I mean, yippee kaye. I got a six. I wish I'd rolled well on that friggin' frightened check, though. That's gonna be annoying. Yeah, same. Okay, Darian, you can uh, start. So you are on top of her currently, grappling her. Ooh, nice, Darian. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> um, so while uh, I'm there, I'm going to... Uh, I have her wing in my left hand. I'm going to take my right and draw my sword. And then I'm going to activate the Tinder Soul uh, gem. And I'm going to uh, use the grapple ability on that. And so you see the sword begin to to swirl again in the hilt as the, as the green Tinder Soul gem starts to take effect and as the flowers and life begin to distort the blades uh, you see them all shoot out uh, to attempt to grapple her uh, and uh, for that one uh, that one is a I believe it's a dexterity saving throw on her part to try and avoid uh, being grappled it is uh, she saves just would she um, would she have disadvantage if I am have her currently grappled uh, yeah, probably. She still saves. <laughs> She's amazing. <Dang> <laughs> Alright. 
but I believe it should do just uh, the base damage still amount as it doesn't interlock, but they still kind of cut her. So you can roll damage, just the, the 1d2. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's only 5 damage. Okay. Uh, not very respectable. You should do better. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing that it missed, I'm, I'm going to pop the gem back out right away, so the sword uh, resets back into itself. Okay, yeah, so no cooldown. Um, okay, next up is Norman D. Uh, she is still on the ground and uh, is grappled, so... So, yeah, so see, how far away are they from me? Like, 30 feet? They're about 30 feet, yeah. Okay. From where you last stopped. Um, okay, yeah, I'm going to run up to her, and while trying, like, make sure that I, I don't get in Darian's way of the grapple, I'm going to grab the Stick of Bliss, and I'm just going to smash her right in the face. All right, roll to hit with disadvantage, because you're scared. Okay, I'm going to say, uh, uh, thanks for sticking around. <laughs> okay, I hope it's that one. Okay, lowest roll, 16 plus. Would this be strength or dexterity for this? Because it's not a rapier. Uh, it'd most likely be dexterity. Okay, yeah. uh, then 18. Okay. Uh, that hits. Boom! So Stick of Bliss gives her a, a really jovial attitude and takes two away from her AC. So you hit her, so now she's going to make a uh, wisdom saving throw. Uh, she fails. Yes! As you hit her, uh, and she fails to save, uh, you can see this regular old stick that doesn't <laughs> seem to have much going on uh, goes down and whacks her across the face uh, as she's under uh, Darian's knee. Uh, you see... Her face, which was very angry and just mad, turns into kind of that same creepy grin she had before when she was wearing the other mask in the previous episode. Uh, and you can see she just kind of starts to laugh a little bit, and her AC goes down. Man, it feels kind of wrong now that she's held down. <laughs> it is Farron's turn. So she's going to make, she's going to try and get out of the grapple, first and foremost. And that's going to be a contest against your strength, Darian. Okay. Uh, do I, I have disadvantage on that from the Frightened, correct? You do, you do, yeah. Uh, okay, yep, that sucks. Uh, that's a 13. Uh, okay, she beats you. Oh, Darian. <laughs> you have lost uh, in the strength battle. Who would have thought? <laughs> um, Darian never loses in strength. Uh but she, her wings kind of flutter, and you lose grip of her wing, and you get knocked off her back, and she stands up and hovers 10 feet above you. Uh, and she just looks down at you, and that's her turn. She successfully got out. Uh, next up is Zippy. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, this is so scary. Do I have time to, you know, have a quick thought in my head? Go for it. This is so scary. All right. Um, <laughs> You're not the frightened one. <laughs> I'm still so scared, but so brave at the same time. Oh, wait. So she's in the air right now, right? Back in the air? Just 10 feet. Yeah. What is, is What does her weapons look like? Uh, she just has a long sword in her one hand. She doesn't have any other weapons on her. Okay. Um, 
How yeah. far away is she from me? Uh, she would be about kind of from the angle where you're at. She's like 35 feet. <laughs> like it, it, in the diagonal <laughs> angle. <laughs> 35 <laughs> feet, huh? Honey? Honey? <laughs> That's perfect. That's pretty perfect. If I do say so myself. <laughs> In fact, I say that's pretty perfect if I do say so myself. Um, I'd like, I'd like to heat, uh, heat metal her sword. Hmm. Ooh. Yowza. Amazing. Yeah, uh, this this bitch is gonna burn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Describe heat metal for everyone. So I basically I choose a manufactured metal object. Such as a long, long sword like she has, a little, little bladey sword. There's definitely metal on it. Um, and I, uh, I basically burn, burn that sucker up to hot heat. Um, any creature with that holding it, you know, they take, they take 2d8 at least. Um, when you <laughs> cast the spell, and I definitely just casted it. Um, I have to be at least 60 feet, so that works out really well. Um, if they have to, they have to do a constitution saving throw, um, or drop it. Um, if it doesn't drop the object, object, it has disadvantage on attack rolls. Okay. Thanks for explaining that to us, Zippy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you. That was really thorough. I made sure that I wrote this on my little bunny hand. Um, it's starting to fade, so it could I could Oh, wait, yeah, no, this definitely says 5d8. Yep, 5d8. There's a smudge. <laughs> mm. 60-20, I get it. Um, okay, constitution what saving throw. a powerful throw. spell. Um, uh, she failed. She failed her saving throw. Alright, so uh, I'll roll. Yep, roll damage. Alright, that's a 5 and a 6. Okay, 11 damage. And is she choosing to hold on to the weapon? Uh, no, she's going to drop it. Okay. <laughs> Um, she, uh, is flying in the air, and all of a sudden, her sword starts to get red hot, with some hot heat, as you self-described, and she just looks at her hand, and is like, ah, and drops it, and it goes flying down, and just clangs on the floor, uh, and she kind of holds her hand with her other, uh, but she's dropped her weapon. Hooray! Uh, Sick, dude. Sick. Now back to Tori and Mir. Um, Tori and Mir are just about to fight. As I said, Mir was charging up lightning on his back, uh, kind of doing a, a lightning shot as he did at Colm at Tori. Uh, and you see it's starting to glow. You hear the crackling of thunder and bam, it goes and it strikes Tori in the chest. And he kind of slides back in the cathedral, just about 10 feet. Uh, you guys see him sliding towards you, and you're like, this wall, it's like a wall coming towards you. And you're like, oh, please don't crush me. Uh, Patri regains her composure and starts running at Mir. Grabs Mir, the remor has this worm centipede-like creature, grabs its neck and head and just kind of yanks it in like it's a piece of rope and slams him going through, like spinning him in a circle like Mario 64 style with Bowser. <laughs> and it's just boom, so boom, boom, boom with every... <laughs> 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 
Yes. I was about to say uh, that. It goes awesome. boom, 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 kill, just destroying every column in this cathedral. And the remor has his body wasn't fully in the cathedral to be, uh, to begin with, so it's kind of slamming and destroying the walls and the stained glass windows on the side of the building. He doesn't do a full rotation with Mir. He gets like halfway, but then kind of throws, and Mir goes flying towards the back wall where you guys are at and just slams. Uh, and you just see Mir cough up this white blood. Um, and Tori's just backs up, kind of like starts moving his arm just like he's ready to punch and just kind of breaking or cracking the muscles in his back. And he's like, ooh, yeah, that is more like it. What do you think, Mir? You like the new, you like the, like the new look? Ooh. What was that you were saying earlier about, uh, judgment? Uh, yeah, I don't think so. You guys are going to need to make a dexterity saving throw now, though. Because Mir is moving away from the wall and dislodging himself and... Rocks are falling upon you <laughs> as the building's starting to not look so great. Do we still get disadvantages disadvantage on these? Uh, no, just ability checks and attack rolls. Oh, okay, cool. Nine. I got a twelve. Nineteen. Oh, bad math. Seventeen. Seventeen. Bad math. Bad math. <laughs> okay, uh, Zippy and Norman, you fail. So you're going to take some damage. Yay. Okay. Uh, rocks and things start coming down upon you. And Zippy and Norman, you're a little too slow um, to to see it and anticipate where it's going to land. So you get hit by some and you take nine damage. Uh, Farron also gets hit and kind of falls from the air and lands on the ground again. Um, and also takes nine damage from the rocks. What about uh, Colm? So now we're going to go... Colm? Uh, he's kind of just chilling. Okay. <laughs> Colm manages to dodge out of the way of the rocks uh, and looks wounded. He's holding his, his chest still because like, the bolt of lightning went right through from the back to the front. Um, so there's kind of like scorch marks, as you can see, because the robes where they were is burnt. Um but he dodges and moves more towards the left side of the cathedral. The right side is the one that just got completely obliterated uh, by Mir and Turi. Uh, and Colm just yells out at you guys. And he's like, guys, what is happening? <sighs> Protect me, please. And Darian, it's your turn. Wow. Seeing uh, everything that's just happened and... and- you know, being able to look at my hand and see that it's shaking and, and, and the state that Darian's in. Um, what what would it take for Darian to, to lose that frightened state? Like, if I go into that chamber and kind of get out of eyesight of Turi for a moment, could I compose myself? Actually, I should have had you guys, my bad, I should have had you guys do wisdom saving throws at the end of your turns. Oh, right. Um, so I'm going to just say, for the sake of that, since I'm bad and forgot, that you and Normandy can roll for that now. Okay. Uh, that's only a 14. Seven. Uh, you are both still frightened. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. um, okay. If I got out of eye, sh- like eyesight, um, or direct line of sight, would 
would that just drop the condition or would it give me like advantage on another future check? So I'm going to say if you get out of line of sight, you can take a moment to recollect yourself and uh, the the a frightening uh, fear will be dissipated. So okay. basically get them out of your sight and uh, you can kind of recollect yourself. Okay, because we're closer to the end of the chamber and seeing how much like danger Colm is in. I'm going to run over to Colm kind of like grab him by the collar on his neck and I'm going to run up the stairs and run back into that hallway uh, where they were in before and kind of get on the other side of the door with him. So he's kind of like out of direct line of sight from like Farron, from Turi, from from Mir. And then when, after I bring him in there, just kind of take a moment myself to compose myself to, to, you know, slap slap myself across the face a little bit to focus back in and, and, and not be frightened of the circumstance anymore. Okay. Uh, you do so. You run over there, uh, grab him, and run. Um, you run into the the room, and because you're you, Darian, you can actually tell as soon as you cross the threshold from the church to this hallway behind the stone doors, you can tell you've entered another plane. Hmm. Oh, Specifically, dang. this room, or whatever hallway this is, is not technically in the church or in the prime material plane as we know it. So you enter in and you can kind of go down the hallway and get out of sight successfully. Colm, stay here and stay safe. We're going to do everything we can to keep you safe in this circumstance, alright? Th- thank you. I uh, Be safe, be careful, and please, if, if you don't have to, don't kill Farron. I don't know what's going on, but I know she's a threat and you have to do what you have to do, but if I could have one request, it'd be that. Uh, I'll, I'll try. Thank you. Uh, and we're going to go to Normandy's turn. Okay, so how far is Farron from me now? Uh, she's about five feet away from you. Okay. Um, okay, so I've hit them with a stick of bliss. I'm. You know what? I'm just going to pull up my sword and say, Farron, I wish there was another way. And I'm going to strike it with my sword. Go for it. Roll to hit okay. with disadvantage. Uh, dang it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ten. Uh, that does not hit her, even with the debuffed AC. Yeah. Um. So she is. Uh, you run with your rapier at her. Uh, and she's kind of has one uh hand on the floor from just falling from the sky just recently. Uh, but she sees you coming and swiftly dodges out of the way as you pass by with your rapier. And now it's going to be her turn. She is going to move around you, uh, kind of circle around you, Normandy. Not moving out so uh, out of your range, but just moving just right around you that she can see a line with you and Zippy in it. And she doesn't have any weapons in her hands anymore. But remember, she's a sorcerer, so she's got magic. And her hands start to glow with this radiant energy, which is boosted from her angel just kind of figure currently. And her hands start to glow. And a blast of brilliant light flashes out from their hands, and it hits both you and Zippy, but you can make a constitution saving throw uh, to take half damage. Okay, here we go. 
16. Uh, mine is a 16 as well. Really? Okay, you both saved. Congratulations. <laughs> Yay! You did it. Hey, Zippy, nice job. Uh, so in, uh, instead of 22 damage, you're only going to take 11 damage. Congratulations. 11 oh damage? God. Yeah. Oh. And while she does this, and just the flash of light goes out, you can just hear her screaming. Like, she's kind of in pain as she's doing this uh, very powerful magic attack. And as she's doing that, you can see the mask is starting to crack, or her face is starting to crack like it was before. Um, so whatever this heightened magic she's doing, it's, it's kind of taking a toll on her, it seems. So, next up is Zippy. You just got blasted with radiant light. I feel pretty great. Mmm. <laughs> 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 refreshing. <laughs> um, okay, uh, how... In this heightened form, how strong is Turi? Like, would he be able to just, like, push this worm out of here? Uh, you can make an insight check. Would that be my action? Yeah, I'll just make it a free action. I, I just want to see if you can, you know, specific information about power levels. It's over 9,000! I knew it. It was low-hanging fruit, man. <laughs> uh, 15. 15? Um, yeah, you can tell Turi seems really powerful. And if you had to, you know, bet right now, you would say Turi might have the upper hand on Mir in terms of power. Okay. How about this, then? How close is Turi to me? Uh, Turi is, he went back, he would be, uh, about 80 feet. Uh, I don't think I can make it 80 feet to him. Actually, from where you're at, more like 60 feet. Um, I guess I can get to 60 feet. Um... More like 20 feet. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, it's still, it would be 60 feet. Okay, I head in the direction... I only moved 35 feet. So I, I head in the direction of Turi and then use Cure Wounds on myself. Okay. Uh, roll to heal. That's a seven. Uh, you get seven points of uh, health back. Okay. okay, now it's Mir and Turi again. Mir comes crumbling out from the, the back wall, which he was embedded into, and w- wiggles his way out. You're starting to see his the length of his body now. It's incredibly long. And you can see out the, the side of the, the cathedral that's basically destroyed now it kind of curves out and up into the the sky above uh, and you can't really see the end of it still it's incredibly long um but mir is not having it uh and he is going to just charge at uh, as he's charging Tori kind of grabs him by two of his legs uh and Tori and mir go blasting out the front door of the cathedral out into uh, Orem in the streets and you just hear screams uh, of people and and, and they were already screaming because Farron was attacking but now they see these two gods fighting before them Uh, but Tori grabbing the the legs kind of rotates Mir and puts him under his arm and slams him into the ground so they kind of skid along and he kind of pins him down 
um, he grabs Tyr and the head again and puts it under his arm as it was and jumps into the sky and you just hear Tori yell down actually at you three and says boys you want to see the first grand treasure here it is and he comes with Mir through the sky and the worm body is coiling and he just slams Mir's face into the floor <laughs> of the the church of Salem uh, and the floor just cracks and shatters and all of you make a dexterity saving throw except Darian because you're not actually in that room technically oh yeah 13 do you know what I'm gonna use the inspiration we got last episode from Comb okay go for it do I have to keep this one Oh my gosh, nine. You get, I think you get to choose. Or choose, choose, yeah, choose whichever one's higher. Okay, well, 13, yeah. Okay, uh, you both fail. Because <laughs> uh, you got what, Zippy? 12. Okay. So, you're actually not going to take too much damage. Uh, as the ground shatters, um, Zippy, you and Normandy kind of go flying in the air, flying back, uh, and you take six points of damage. I'm out. Are you dead? I'm out. I'm unconscious. Yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh. Normandy flies back, hits a wall, and falls unconscious. Um, Zippy, you fly back, hit a wall, but you're still okay. Um, but as the floor cracks and you see the giant Tori taking the giant worm mirror and plunging his face into the floor and it's shattering you see it starts to crumble inwards and a pit starts to emerge a deep wide pit and you see down into the pit there's kind of these these thin crosswalks all the way down and like these tunnels and side rooms but it's a circle just pit that goes all the way down uh, until you can't really see anymore and Tori and Mir go diving into the pit while the worm body is just kind of slinking in and you actually see the tail of Mir come from the clouds circle in and go into the pit and it's just falling down 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 and you hear just crashing and booming because he's breaking all the bridges that were made to get uh, from one side to the other of the pit uh, and they fall down into that darkness Darian <laughs> you you are in this room with Colm and you see what takes place uh, and I imagine you kind of just rush um, to the entranceway of this of the stone doors you know kind of the barrier um, and you see the floor it's not quite done crumbling inwards and you see Normandy and Zippy are going to get sucked in very soon especially Normandy because you can't move uh, Farron uh, is also took some damage and the mask of the angel actually has cracked off her face and her wings disappear and she's in threat of being sucked into the pit as well well screw this chick let her die <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what are you going to do Darian well seeing that Norman's unconscious <laughs> like I mean 
there's really no big reason for me to pick um, Farron over Norman. As much as, like, I wanted to try and help Colm. Like, Norman's unconscious, and I can see that, and he's falling into the pit, so... Darian, help! I'm slipping! <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna cast Zephyr help! Strike on myself um, to double my movement speed, and I'm going to... Oh my uh, god! <laughs> get a sprint... <laughs> Uh, to Norman to stop him from from falling into the pit. Is he close enough to Zippy that I can try and help him too? There's only uh, you only have time for me. <laughs> oh my! Um, no, Zippy moved very ah! fur- uh, farther away actually uh, to go talk to Turi. Uh, so they're they're quite a distance away, about about sixty five feet. Oh shoot! Okay, yeah, then I I really can only make it to Norman. So I. I grab him. There must um, be a way! <laughs> um, and I, seeing that he's unconscious, um, uh, uh, Zephyr Strike is, is only a bonus action to cast, so it, it leaves a, a spell to be cast on for my action. Uh, and I'm going to use another first level spell slot for Cure Wounds uh, to bring Norman back to consciousness. Whew! Okay. Cure him up! Alright. Uh, oh, don't worry. That's a that's a big old uh, uh, four HP. <laughs> oh, yeah, hey, that's gonna come in handy. You'll never know when you need four <laughs> HP. Um, so yeah, come I come too? dashing across the room, <sighs> catching Norman before he falls, and, and and healing him back up to to consciousness, and, and seeing Zippy struggling as well. Um, I, Darian calls out, "Zippy, just hold on." I mean, unless you've got like a really cool druid trick, that'd be really cool too. I grab onto Darian, and I am tempted to kiss his cheek, because I'm so thankful. Stop it! Now's not the time! <laughs> Darian, you saved me! I drop him, <laughs> just on the ground. Not in the pit, just on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to uh, cut initiative there for now, uh, since Darian was the only one who could kind of get in the room. Uh, but I want all of you now to make another dexterity saving throw. Bring it on, baby. I can survive anything now. I've seen death and come back. Kind of. Uh, that's a na- that's a 19 for me. Natural 20. Yo! Finally! 4 <laughs> HP, really helping you out. Oh, yeah. uh, 7. 7? Yeah. Oh no, Zippy! And what did you get, Darian? Again? 19. Okay. Uh, so Zippy, you're the only one uh, who failed uh, so you as the floor is crumbling you're kind of on your back you were knocked to your uh, to your back and you're kind of scuttling across the floor using your feet to kind of push you backwards but you're not outpacing the floor that's crumbling and you get sucked into the pit Farron also tr- kind of trying to scramble through her who, uh, through her uh, garbs looking for more masks she also falls into the pit uh, Darian and Norman uh, you kind of jump back and run back to the room where Coleman. is I do a backflip and and yeah you do a backflip <laughs> and you both successfully get in that room uh, but it seems like the crater is just growing and growing and finally stops as it's kind of consumed the entire church of Salem uh you guys are in this room in hallway looking down into the pit that Zippy and 
Farron have followed have fallen into. Uh, what would you guys like to do? Is there any discernible way to kind of like climb down the rubble to move down the pit? Um, the bridges that were there, you can kind of. Uh, attempt to hop from like bridge to bridge as they were kind of built close by uh, but the bulk of them are destroyed completely from Turi and Mir uh, so it would be difficult to climb down using the rubble and it would take a long time probably well kind of out of our hands Darian I think we tried our best I mean <laughs> you know, oh my, what? <laughs> Zippy's a great guy but uh, no just kidding um, Calm speaks up behind you and he says, guys, and he looks down and he comes behind you, putting a hand on either of your shoulders to lean on uh, since he's damaged. And he looks down into the pit and he's like, guys, the first grand treasure's down there. And I've seen it uh, once before. Uh, so I feel confident in letting you know that if you jump in there uh you can survive <laughs> very <laughs> deus ex machina well norman i'll see you at the bottom oh wait wait for Cole, me stay alive and i go and run and jump into the pit i do a double sum- somersault backflip triple corkscrew spin. triple sal cow <laughs> yeah down to the hole too say comb we'll be back for you good Woo! luck <laughs> as you fall um, and Colm stays up there and slumps back and is just sitting in the hallway and you two fall cut to Zippy <laughs> who fell earlier um, Zippy you're falling and you're like oh well this is it I'm dead <laughs> and, I would never say and that and you see Okay, you don't. <laughs> uh, you 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 see Farron to your to your left, and she's kind of freaking out as she's falling too. Uh, and it's dark in this pit, and and you're like, is it ever gonna end? And then all of a sudden, you see faint blue light, and you see uh, the light is illuminating a larger room the pit that was kind of a a a cylinder which was about like you know 50 feet wide it it wasn't or or sorry about like yeah 60 feet wide uh it wasn't too too big but you see it's a larger room uh below you farin and as you're falling from the sky i think this is bunny heaven (laughs) we're going towards uh, the light (laughs) I don't know if you'll be welcomed as not a bunny, but I'll I'll try and help you. <laughs> a valiant effort. As you're falling from the sky, you see that you're in a large room now, and you can see Mir and Turi off in the distance, but they're fighting kind of on the side of a wall. It's like they're walking on the side of a wall, and you see just in this abyss the only thing that's illuminated is this giant cube and actually there's only two spots that are illuminated but it's filling the room with light and from the angle that you're falling zippy you can see that marked on the cube just kind of curving around not in any way that you've seen it really before is the symbol of salem and specifically the parts that are glowing 
are the lines where they cross, and it's illuminating as blue X's. Have I, okay, have I landed yet? You are still falling, and as you're falling down, all of a sudden... Wait, can I, wait, while I'm falling, can I make an action? Sure. Okay. Uh, I would like to use my final second level spell, uh, and I want to do... This should work. I want to use the hold person on Farron. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, go for it. I believe I have to make a save. Uh, Dexterity, right? Or wisdom? wisdom. And what's your spell save, DC? Uh, it was a 16. Okay. She passes. As you just cast off this hold person and it fails you find your velocity is slowing down and instead of going down you start moving sideways as if the gravitational pull in whatever area you're in is so different so your curve kind of slows down and the gravity feels much lighter it's like moon gravity but you land on the side face of this cube near one of the blue x's uh, so you're kind of walking on the wall, but for all intents and purposes, you're walking, you know, on ground, but you're sideways. Darian and Norman, you're falling as well, but you're a bit behind because, you know, you took a second. Um, and you see Zippy and uh, Farron have landed on the cube, and you see Miran Turi fighting in the back, and you're also finding the same gravity pull. Uh, and you land shortly after. <laughs> Whoa, nice landing. And Farron is looking around. She's she's about 20 feet from you guys. And she's just like, where are we? What is this? What is the surface? It's the, the surface that you're on. It's a completely iron cube. But it has this weird gravitational pull. Hmm. And she's like, I don't know what this is. Darian, make a history check. Okay, I made a history check before. Oh, it's minus one. Uh, so that's still. Uh, uh, sorry, minus. Yeah, I'm not minus one, not plus one. Uh, Fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah. Okay. You get a little bit of knowledge. You have heard briefly a mention by your archfey dad, Caspin, of these cubes. From another plane. Fae creatures don't often talk about other planes, but uh, they usually just focus on the Fae wild. But you remember hearing or overhearing once as your father was talking to your mother about these cubes in a plane called Acheron. Uh, these specific battle cubes. And it's a very war-torn plane. Uh, and they had these giant cube ships um, in you kind of piece together that maybe this might be connected to that in some very vague way. Um, but as Farron's kind of freaking out, she looks at you guys and just starts crying, and you see tears, and she's beaten and bruised and bloody. And she's just like, why are you standing in my way? Why did you have to come? Why did you save Comb? What is in this for you? Wh- why? It was all so perfect. Everything was going 
was going as he planned. Why? And then you see the blue rose tattoo on her forehead starts to move a little bit more. And she's like, and holds her forehead again. Uh, and then she puts her hands calmly to her side. And she's like, I don't care what your reasons are now. I've come too far again, again, and again. Wait, 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 wait. What? T explain your reasoning, please. You you said you did this for her, but please, you, if you're going to beat us up, we're, gonna, we're just going to have to beat you up too. At least let us know so we can maybe understand each other. Was my daughter, you idiot? She died! And he can bring them back! I saw him bring them back from the dead before my very eyes. For a second. Farron, who can bring them back? I can't- ah! And the blue rose starts moving even more. I'm gonna cast as she tries Detect to Thoughts. Yeah, go for it. Boom. Okay. So, is there anything I get on surface level without having to roll? Nope, it seems like there's like static on the TV. Okay, so I'm going to probe deeper. Go for and it. And they have to roll a wisdom saving throw. And what's the save DC? Um, DC 15. I don't yeah, I don't even need to know. She she passes. That was that was a wisdom saving throw, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. She 100% passes. Um, so you just hear static. You don't get any further info. How, how did she die? In the womb. And then you see the tears start streaming even faster. And she just looks at you and says, She died in the womb. Too soon. I, I can help you. I truly can. No one I, can. No, I truly can. Only he can. And I'm in too deep now. Uh, I... I but the thing is, if you go along with this on this evil, dreaded route, you won't get to spend... Even though you may bring someone back, they they won't be proud of the way you did it. How could anyone? I can help you. Zippy, you can roll a persuasion check. It's pretty good. It's a 22. That is not going to work. Dang. Okay, I'm gonna cast. I'm if, if there's a moment, I'm gonna say something and cast a spell. Go for I'm it. I'm gonna say, Farron, if you lose who you are to get what you want, it's like burning a painting to examine its ashes. And I cast Charm Person. Okay, uh, Charm Person is also a Wisdom saving throw, right? Yeah, DC 15. Interesting. She does not save. And I say, Is this the world you want to bring your daughter back into? Is this the life you want to create for her? As you charm her, her sad expression kind of goes mute or just neutral. And uh, you can see she's like, No. I don't care what it costs. I don't care how I have to do it. Even if I have to make a deal with... Ah! And the, the 
the tattoo, the blue rose, starts digging in deeper and you see it's moving across her face and the thorns are kind of encircling her face and the damage actually knocks her out of your charm person. Farron, please. This is a vast world. There's a lot that can be done. You don't need to needlessly throw your life away for this. Colm, he's still... He'll forgive you. He's still your friend. We don't want to kill you. I killed the king! I killed his grandfather! He's not going to forgive me! If he knew what I've done... No one would forgive me. But Farron Colm loves you. I don't think he would anymore. And then she pulls out a mask. And this mask is a smooth pearlescent white. And instead of, you know, the details of the other masks that you notice, or, you know, typical mask details, this one has none. Except it is face-shaped in the way that where the eyes would be, there's indentations, and where a nose would be, there's a little bit of a, a bulge. So it looks like a faceless face. And she's like, there's only one way now. And she slides it on. The mask melts into her face. And you see the eyes that she had before are gone. It's just that smooth indentation. The nose she had is just kind of that bulge. She has no mouth, but there's kind of the grooves and the shapes. And she has no tattoo anymore because the mask is there. And you see her neck jolts. And her body starts to contort. And it's like her arms are kind of breaking and like cracking. And she falls to the ground, but she can't scream. She has no mouth. And you just see her body's just contorting and shaping. And then she just stands up incredibly fast and straight. And her neck cracks back into place. And then she slowly and smoothly gets on all fours and charges. Roll initiative. Oh, gosh. <laughs> 19. 11. Uh, 12. So Farron's first. And she's running at you on all fours, and it seems very animalistic. And she is going to pounce on you, Darian. Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. at this point it's just like which which one's gonna get picked um and she is going to claw at you and she's going to make an attack roll that's a 25 does that, that hit definitely hits <laughs> okay she her hand it seems contorted and just different and you see her nails are grown like claws and she comes at you with a swipe, and it hits. You are going to take seven damage. All right. A claw comes raking across your chest, but you feel fine. But just as the one hand comes down, another rises, and she's going to make another claw attack. Oh, on no. You. Is a 18 going to hit? Uh, yes, I believe so. I think that... I th- I th- I think uh, our new AC was uh, was seventeen, correct? It is. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that hits. 
that's going to be a 12. Another hand comes raking across your chest and you take another stumble backwards uh, as you're just getting mauled, Darian. Uh, and then she lurches her faceless face back, raises both hands, and is going to make one last claw attack on oh you. Oh my gosh. Uh, that's a nat 20. Oh, no! That's going to be double damage. <laughs> double dice damage, if she has any pluses there. She does. <laughs> oh, double double dice damage. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, that's only going to be a 16. Oh my good lord. As two hands come clawing down on you. Uh, Zippy and Norman, you just saw Farron transform run, pounce, and just go to town on Darius, just clawing away at his armor, and, and you see it's starting to chip, um, but he's still standing. Barely. I'm bleeding um, a lot. Yeah, how much health do you have? <laughs> five. <laughs> Welcome to the I club, just went buddy. from 40 to five. Wow. <laughs> Normandy, uh, it's your turn. Okay. You are about uh, 10 feet away from Darian. Zippy, you're also 10 feet away. Okay. okay. So you're kind of on either side, and Darian's in the middle, getting currently clawed to death. And do does it look like um, Farron's stat block has changed? Like, does... I don't need to know the numbers, but, like, does... I, I guess I can't know the numbers, but does she still have, like, a really high wisdom, or does she look more animalistic at this point? Uh, it looks very animalistic. Uh, I'm just going to give this one to you for free, but it seems like, yeah, she she has definitely changed. Shoot, I wish you hadn't said that because now I'm not sure what to do. I'm going to... I'm going to run up and slash at her with my sword. That's what I'm going to do. Okay, and if it hits... If it hits, I'm going to use Psychic Blades, the first time I've ever used it. It's from my College of Whispers, but we'll see if I hit. <laughs> 17. That hit. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, Psychic Blades, I've never used this before. When you Okay, when you hit a creature with a weapon attack... You can expend one of your bardic inspiration to deal an additional 2d6, 3d6 for me because I'm level 5. Psychic damage to that target, you can only do so once per round on your turn. Okay. So, I guess I roll 4d6s then. There you go. But I add my my plus 5 to just one of them, right? Like to hit my attack bonus? Uh, Yeah. Yes. Okay, so 5 plus 5, 10. Another five, 15. Another five, 20. Is this my last roll right here? Should be. 23. 23 damage. Yeah, so as I attack, I'm going to, with one hand, I'm going to grip the medallion that's under my shirt that I believe is given to me by the Demon King, my father, Royce. And I'm going to draw from that power and that my teal tattoos on my tan skin are going to glow a little bit. And I'm going to call on the power of Royce, the Demon King. And I'm going to unleash that power into my blade to try to break 
the psych to try to do psychic damage to whatever is controlling her um, mind and kind of just attack her whole being with this kind of dark insidious presence. So as you have the power of Royce fueling through you, your sword comes crashing down on where the mask would be, her face, (laughs) (laughs) and a sword cuts it. And you see um, as it cuts, the the flap, there's no blood, but the flap kind of opens and you just hear the screams of psychic pain come out through the through the flap but the flap very quickly closes and the the room goes silent again and you can't hear the the screams can i just say one thing Uh, i say there's no voice more true than the voice of death and i kind of back away five feet she gets uh all this psychic damage the skin flap opened and closed (sighs) and she's kind of holding her head uh especially because of this psychic damage and she's kind of frothing and falling and she actually just kind of starts running away. Uh, so Darian, get an attack of opportunity off. Oh, okay. Okay. And Normandy, you as well. I'm not, I'm not close enough. No, you No, you're 10 feet away. That's a 21. It's a 21. That's going to hit 20 for me too. Okay. Yeah, you both hit. Nine for me. That's only six for me. As this weird Farron is kind of just shaking with this psychic damage, it seems like it did more than a normal amount of damage uh, to her for some reason. And she kind of goes flailing off and backs up and runs away a bit. Uh, Normandy and Darian capitalize on the situation, draw their swords, and at the same time kind of stab at her calves as she's kind of pouncing away. And you slice, and she stumbles and falls and slides. (laughs) But where you cut, the skin flaps again, kind of open, and no blood comes out. And then they just close. Um, And she is about 15 feet away from all of you now. Um, Zippy, it's your turn. All Zip, right. I could really use some help. Yeah, Zippy, save us, man. <laughs> I'm gonna do my best, gentlemen. Um, okay. Didn't want to have to do this. I I bend down. I uh, pretend to lace up some sneakers. They're like invisible. <laughs> <laughs> I put them on. And uh. I, I dig deep within myself, flex my little bunny legs, and I jump towards uh, Farron and try to land on her face. What? <laughs> <laughs> you're going to... Okay, you... you wait, wait, you're going to jump on her face and then what? Well, can I do that? Uh, Make it, make it... Uh, acrobatics check with advantage because it's your bunny legs. <laughs> Natural 20. Boom! <laughs> oh my <Nice>. god. <laughs> <laughs> if there was ever a moment. You feel like those invisible laces are so damn tight. <laughs> and you hop into the air higher than maybe you've ever hopped before. Do a somersault. 
And then as you're descending, you have your legs kind of perched up, ready to kick as you're descending and you land on her face in a position ready to do whatever it is you're going to do. You are currently on her faceless face. Ka-chow. <laughs> Did you say ka-chow? Okay, <laughs> Lightning McQueen. Jeez. Oh. oh, wait, no, that was, I think. Yeah, that yeah, was. I think it was. Um... All right, and and now with my little bunny hands, the nimble things that they are, I know what it means to really dig deep, especially when pulling carrots out of the ground. Oh, no. (laughs) And so I jam my hands down from, like, the mat, like, down the top of the mask, try to get between her face and the mask, and then I, like, do my best. I don't know if there is a small gap or anything, but... Uh, I'll, I'll let you solve that, but my intention is that if there is a gap, and even if there's not, I use uh, Thunder Wave to try to separate the mask from the from the face. I'm going to make you roll a strength check now with your hands, with advantage because of that sweet land puts you in the prime <laughs> position. Uh, so make a strength check with advantage. My strength is my worst thing. But that was a 17. That's going to do it. The ends of your bunny paws uh, seem extra sharp today. And they dig into this fleshy mask and no blood comes out, but your fingers kind of dive in and the skin around it kind of pools and you can feel it trying to close and it's like jello around your fingers, Zippy. Um, and you kind of feel the, the mask and you can tell there's a face underneath, obviously. And you're holding, and while you're in that position and gripping onto the mask, you cast Thunder, Thunder Wave. Wave. <laughs> and she gets a dexterity saving throw? Uh, Which is it? Yes. Yeah, so she takes... Uh, so, yeah, you must take... No, constitution saving throw. Okay, constitution. Um, okay, well, roll damage. Uh, she did not save. I can tell you that. Oh, perfect. Yeah, so on a failed save, a creature takes 2d8 thunder damage and is pushed 10 feet away from me. Okay. (laughs) So, uh, that is only a 7 in total. Okay. So, 7 damage. Uh, but she gets blasted back. But while I'm gripping Um, her. Yeah. You... Um, as you do this, you have your fingers underneath the mask and you're like, thunder wave! And boom! Kind of like like a stretchy hand, you go flying off in opposite directions as Farron and you're holding on to this faceless mask and there's like tethers of skin though still attached to her face. But you can see her face underneath. Like you've separated the mask from hers but the border of it, it's still connected to her head through these fleshy tethers and you can just hear her scream as she gets pushed back and just like an elastic band it snaps back together um damn it but you still are gripping it zippy and are on top of her (laughs) oh no my my Uh, sticky paws are sometimes a troublesome thing but she's on the ground right uh uh, not not anymore. She was she was kind of up. She yeah. She was kind of like lying on her side, and then he landed. Okay. Uh, so she's she's kind of like on all fours okay. still. Um, 
But yeah, just like a rubber band, it snaps back together. Uh, and Darian, it's your turn. Oh, Zippy is currently on her face. So after that kind of onslaught that happened, I'm very bloody. Um, but I can see that we're really starting to push her back. Uh, so I'm going to activate the steam gem. So I'm going to pop that into the hilt and you're going to see the cloud transform as it turns back into the buster sword. And I'm going to sprint towards Farron and I'm going to channel my planar energy and I'm going to take a couple swings at her and try and see that the the mask didn't want to pop off. So I'm going to try and cut her head off. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so I'm going to roll to roll to hit. <laughs> uh, that's going to be an 18. That is going to hit. Okay. Um, so that one's got the planar warrior energy that's been channeled on it. So it's an extra D8 damage. Uh, nice. Nice. That's a... Uh, oh, and... Yeah, holy crap. Uh, I forgot about that. I have the plus five for damage as well. That's 22. Damage? Um, on the first swing. Yeah. Hey. Uh, it was a D12 plus a D8, and it was a 10 and a 7, uh, and then plus five. And then if she's still standing, I have a second swing as well. Uh, yeah, she she's still standing, so you can do that second swing. But she's looking... Well, she doesn't look like anything because of the faceless mask. But <laughs> deep down, you can tell it's bloodied. Uh, that's a 20 not natural. You're okay. awfully close to hitting me. Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't roll a nat one here. Ow! Uh, oh, yeah. that's. I mean, it's max damage on the second one, but the second one... Is only a one d eight, so it's uh, eight plus five, so that's a thirteen on the second swing. Okay, so that's going to be a total of thirty five damage. Heck um, to the yeah. That is a hell of a swing. Um, you raise the Buster Sword, dart over there, and just as you said, you want to separate head from body. And this beastly sorcerer candidate that's on all fours with Zippy on the face. Uh, you see the prime time to just kind of cleave down like an executioner and separate. And you swipe down and it with the first swing and it goes clean through. And the head is separated and there are no screams and you see blood and the tethers that the rubbery skin kind of that was on the rest of her body. It doesn't seem like it's attached here because you hit it so hard. Uh, and the head with Zippy, it kind of just falls to the floor. Uh, I assume you're still holding on to it, even though it's kind of just on the floor. Yeah, the now. mask is stuck to my fingers. Yeah. Uh, but just as you did that with the first swing and there's blood leaking out, you see skin tethers shoot from the head oh. to the body and it retaches. <laughs> And you're and you're and Zippy's just kind of along for the ride. <laughs> and you're like, oh hell nah. That's weird. And you come with a second swing. And this time it's much more rubbery. Um and it doesn't go all the way through. And it kind of bounces your sword back, but it still does damage. Um and that's your turn. So Mir and Turi are down here. And they're further down about 200 feet away on the cube battling you see Tori just kind of 
boxing the hell out of Mir, just like the left and right hook. And you can see he's enjoying it. He's like, oh, hell yeah. And just one, two. And Mir is looking bad. There's white blood leaking from a lot of parts of his body. And Mir's just like, enough! And then the flames from his belly go out and you can see Turi's arm skin as he holds his arms up to block are just kind of burning and melting. And he's like, hot, 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 hot. And he backs up. And Mir starts circling up and yells, Tree, I can't believe you make me use this. And Tori's like, what are you talking about? I was just starting to get warmed up. Let's finish this. What are you talking? What do you mean you got to use it? You've used all your tricks. I've seen your moves. And then you see Mir starts uh, shifting and the remorse has body that he was in. You see arms, like human arms, start busting out the side. Kind of how Turi evolved. Mir is kind of evolving. Um, into this six-armed, two-faced, white angel winged person. Very similar to that picture of Salem you saw in the previous episode. Uh, and, uh, Tori is like, okay, oh sure, show show the the real skin now, huh? And Mir's just like, the voice has changed, and just says, silence. You're done, Tori. And raises one finger, pointing to the sky, and the ring on the index finger of his topmost left shoulder arm starts sliding off. As this is all happening, the rest of the slinky Remorha's body is kind of disintegrating away behind him because he didn't take up all that space in the new form. But the finger ring is sliding off, and just as it does, it glows a bright white light. Uh, everybody make a dexterity saving throw. Okay. Uh, that is a 21. 14. 18. Okay, only Zippy fails. Uh, Zippy, as you're holding on, you can't really use anything to shield your eyes, uh, so you get blinded by the light. Uh, Normandy and Darian, you do not. Uh, so you are currently blinded, um, which means you make you fail any ability checks that require sight, um, and attack rolls are going to be uh, disadvantaged from now on. Um, and just as this flash of white happens you start seeing chains spur out from where that white light was and the chains start digging with daggers on the end these giant swords and they start digging into the cube all around Turi and start to entwine him they start wrapping around his arms and legs and he's like what what trick is this and he's just trying to pull away at the chains and he's knocking some of them loose uh, and one of them actually gets knocked loose and this giant blade on a chain is coming by to swing at you. Everybody make a dis- uh, dexterity saving throw. Okay. Uh, that's a 22. 16 plus 6. Natural 1. Oh, oh no! Mine's only uh, a 10. Yeah, only a I'm 10? I'm blind, you see. 
no. I couldn't even. You need a cane now. I couldn't now. even see it coming. <laughs> okay, Darian. This blade <laughs> uh, comes swinging over, and it comes crashing in, and you Matrix-style dodge as it goes over your face, and it singes just a little bit of your hair, but it, you successfully dodge it. Uh, and as it's swinging, though, Zippy, who was blind, Farron, who was attached to Zippy, <laughs> and uh, Normandy... Do not save. You are going to take 18 damage. So, if we get more than half of our health in the deficit, what happens? You die. Actually, I checked the rules. Uh, you do not die at that point. You die when it's over your maximum, like, total health pool. So, Normandy, you're still alive! Wow. But very unconscious. Barely. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, Zippy, you're down to one HP. Baron also got hit and looks so bad. The, the Her body, you're still attached. Actually, make a strength check real quick. 19. Uh, yeah, you're still attached. You go flying with Farron while still holding. You're really digging your claws in. <laughs> and the body just kind of goes flying from the hit. And you see the skin starts peeling off. And you feel the mask where your hands have been <laughs> dug in this entire time. It's coming loose. My hands, the mask and is coming loose or my hands are coming loose? Uh, the the mask, it's like it's coming loose yeah, in your hands. Sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's lubing it up. <laughs> it's making it an easier transition. And as it's like uh, the second layer of skin that was covering Farron's body is is flaking off. The mask comes out in your hands in pieces, Zippy. Um, it's shattered. And you look down at the body of Farron. Um, and you see the arms and legs are kind of contorted. And they look like bruised from where all the breaks were happening at the beginning. Uh, and you can also see her head is separated from her Ooh. body. And Farron is uh, can dead. Can we just, can we clarify whose fault that is? <laughs> um... <laughs> Because I don't so want to explain the this to broken Cole. arms and legs would be the mask. If I recall correctly, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, I think Darian oh, killed yeah. Oh, yeah. I have, uh, uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Look, she almost killed me in one round, man. I was about to walk away from that. Are you kidding me? It was a very dangerous situation. <laughs> um, Zippy, you have the shattered pieces. You're out of combat now, by the way. Um you have the shattered pieces of the mask in your hands. Uh, Darian, uh, you're still standing where you were since you dodged the blade. And Normandy has been tossed to the side, looking incredibly bad, bleeding from everywhere. Uh, what would you guys like to do? You see Turi, by the way. The chain has been like flung around the one that swung at you. It's swung around his neck and digs deep into the cube again. Uh, I cast Mend on the mask. Uh, you cast men. It's it's sh like very shattered. I uh, pull um, out some tape. 
<laughs> and uh, should Norman roll a death men. saving row, throw? Uh, yeah, I'll do oh, that. Oh, sorry. Um, actually, I go through her body and her robes and look for more masks. Okay. Um, you can roll an investigation check. <laughs> um, and uh, make a death saving throw, Norman. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then I'll do something. I don't add anything to this, do I? No. Okay. 14. That's higher than 10. You succeed. Um, seeing as our healer's not doing much, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm going to hobble over to the unconscious Norman D and uh, use my last uh, first level spell slot and cast Cure Wounds Aww. again. Wait, am I supposed to be the healer? He's the support character. I'm not. You're the healer, man. You're the one who took the circle of dreams, which is all about <laughs> heals and crap. No, I teleport. Guys, I'd like to point out. I'd like to point out we're at the season finale, and just now we figured out who the healer was. <laughs> oh, I'm the healer. <laughs> Explain so much. Uh, that's five hit points, uh, Norman. <sighs> so welcome to the club. I, <laughs> I also have five hit points. Hey, high five. By the way, high five, I, I rolled a nat 20 on that investigation. No joke. Dang. Okay. You rolled a nat yeah, 20? Oh, damn. So, uh, Darian, uh, you, you, um, you, uh, went over to heal him, right? I, I did. I did. Uh, for how much HP? Five. So we're part of the fives club. High five, baby. Yeah. Bam. So Normandy, you come back from the dead. Royce! <laughs> uh, <laughs> Royce! Um, and you, uh, are conscious and awake. Um, but Zippy... You dive in, and you pull. If out. I find another broken uh, bong bottle, I'm gonna be furious. It's the other half. Of the <laughs> <bong>. <laughs> you have a complete set. Use men now. Um, you have pulled out a hardened black leather mask with metal clasps on the side. Um, it's it's jagged and it, it looks cruel and the slits uh form for the mouth and the eyes are very thin uh but it's this weird black leather metal clasp it, it looks uh kind of like one of those bdsm uh oh, masks yeah. I, I suppose uh but it's probably not for that oh this seems safe to put it on and i don't put it on oh. <laughs> okay zippy what is that I found this, but it's mine, okay? Promise you won't try and steal it from me again, okay? Uh, not again. I haven't tried to steal that one before. You're tricky. I know you. <laughs> Did you actually start looting the boss while another party member was sitting unconscious and dying? It's okay. Is... I would have done the same thing. I thought that huge huge worm was the boss. This thing was a joke. Did you see me rip it off, this mask off? Yeah, it was that one HP duo. That was pretty, co- that was <laughs> pretty cool. As you guys are discussing, Mir and Turi in the background, you see Turi is just struggling to get free from these chains. And Mir, in his new form, comes down and touches different parts of Turi's body, just putting two fingers like on his temples, on his ribs, on his shoulders, with each of, uh, each of his six arms. Uh... And you can just hear Tori being like, why can't I break? And uh, Mir just speaks up and says, 
These were made for this situation, Tori. You should have thought ahead, you know. Not everything is so simple. Um, I will deal with you in the astral plane, obviously, but for now, goodbye, Carol. And the six arms where they were pointed and everything kind of just all move while it, his body's there and snaps Tori's Whoa. neck. I, I, I guess... Oh, I, I cast disguise self on all of us. <laughs> and Tori. <laughs> do you want to cast disguise yes. self? <laughs> okay, what do you want to disguise yourself oh, as? Oh, oh, sorry, not no, sorry. Baz without a trace. <laughs> <laughs> Baz without a trace. Never okay, mind, you, you, I don't you, you, have any second level spells. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, I was like, do you even I have that? Prone. Like, <laughs> Mir, you go prone successfully. Uh, Mir snaps Tori's neck. And at first, it seems like he's dead. And then his neck snaps back, and he's like, Ugh, gonna have to try harder than that, Mir! You think I'm... And then it cracks again. The other way. And then it snips back. He's like, Stop doing that! And then it just keeps breaking. And then he starts cracking all his other bones. And just starting with two of the bottom arms. Just start pounding on his chest. Just punching. He's like, Stop! This could be a Kit-Kat! And he's just getting destroyed. (laughs) And you see the black eyes go white. He's just and Carol speaks up and says, it! Stop it! Do something!" And then the eyes go black again, and he's like, "I'm trying, stop! We're so close!" And then uh, it's just constantly pounding. Uh, and then uh, Mir grabs the nearby chains and tightens them, and it's choking him, and he can't move his arms because they're restrained. And he's just like, oh, oh. and uh, Mira's like, come on, just let it happen. You can get a new tether eventually, maybe after you've paid for your crimes. Just let her go! And then he pulls so tight that it like just comes loose the head. It's like the neck broke. Uh, and then it kind of just lies there, and you just see Turi's four eyes start going red with blood. And he tries to speak. He's like, and then the eyes go white. And the giant god body slumps to its knees. And Mir unsummons the chains and they kind of disperse. And the body starts shrinking and getting smaller and smaller and it goes back to Carol's body and it's just dead now Zippy you're prone if I remember which is pretty stealthy he can't, he can't um, see me Mir uh, floats over to you with this angelic body I play dead which is easy because I'm at 1 HP <laughs> 
<laughs> and I didn't heal. <laughs> it's pretty believable. Mir moves over to you, looks down, then looks straight ahead and floats past you three. And then flies over to the, the pit like entrance that you fell down and shoots up flying. You'll regret not killing us. <laughs> Simply shut your mouth, please. <laughs> oh. Oh, is there a moment of stillness? There is. Around you, you see uh, the dead body of Farron, uh, the dead body of Carol way off. And as Mir was passing by, he was still bleeding this white blood and it fell onto the floor and there's kind of a puddle nearby uh, of this white glowing blood uh, from Mir. And that's it. I scoop up, I get my, my little vial, I drop that dart and I scoop up some of that white blood and cork it. Or... Smart move. Um, it's like it was so damn obvious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you scoop it up. I was going to do it uh, up there. You scoop. But then I died. So. <laughs> you have uh, a bottle of Mir's blood, so you can add that oh, to yeah, your inventory. Blood. Uh, I, I want to take some, too. <laughs> yeah, you get some. You want in on this, uh, Zippy? It's the good um, stuff. No, I I just... There was only the black mask in, in Farron's body, eh? Does yeah. she have any, like, tomes or anything? Uh, no scrolls or anything. She's a sorcerer, so they didn't. They don't use the the tomes or. Can I keep the shards of the old mask. Yep, you can keep the shards of the old mask. I kind of want a robe. It's a bit big for me. <laughs> no, uh, that's let's let's just leave the body clothes sip. That's a little disrespectful. Well, I not I want to not. <laughs> I want to. Uh, actually, I want to quickly go over and inspect the body of Carol. Wait, how is that possible? We're on this. We're on a cube on the side of the like gravity is. We're on the side of a thing. Are they on the other side of the cube? No, they were on the same side as you. Oh, oh really? I thought they were like on the ground. No, no, uh, you don't actually see the ground. This is um, floating in space. It's like the cube is just floating in space. Uh, okay. Well, um, sorry. so you can move over to Carol. Uh, what would you like to do? Well, first I'm just going to kind of like take a bit of cloth and just like cover the head because it's a little unnerving. But then I'm going to search the body, basically. Okay. Investigation check. Uh, only a plus one, so that's 17. I've been rolling a lot of 15 and 16. <laughs> okay. Um, you find two things. One is a margarita glass that never gets empty. Yeah. Uh-oh. Always filled with the go-go juice. the most useless items? <laughs> uh, the other thing uh, is a, a bottle with pr- probably three uses of this forget-me juice that Tori oh. used before. <laughs> it's kind of a memory wipe drug. Um, so you have a bottle of that with you. Other than that, there was nothing on uh, Tori's body or Carol's. So if I recall correctly, it's a like a big iron box, uh, and there's like crossed sections with like blue glowing X's on it's it. It's like the symbol of Salem. Mm-hmm. It's not just like on one flat surface. It's like it's curved around. Uh, but from when you were falling, you could see it as it's usually presented. Mm-hmm. But like the X is on one side, another X is on another side. 
um, and you haven't seen the side where the circle is in the symbol. By the way, listeners, I'll toss up the picture on Twitter again. I did it a while ago, but I'll toss it up again so you kind of get like what I'm talking I'd like to uh, pull out the piano key and sure. kind of hold it in front of me and see. I'm, and I'm kind of walking towards that circle because it's kind of like the center of the symbol, right? But it's but but it's on the uh, other side. Yeah, you can kind of you can kind of figure out where it is relative to where the X's are, uh, so you can follow the kind of trails uh, and divots uh, to find the black circle yeah, and area. I'm holding that piano when key you... kind of in front of me, maybe just wondering if I'll see anything on the piano key that kind of maybe activates anything on the cue from proximity. Or if there's anything that I notice about the key, because the the symbol on the key looks a little different than the traditional Salem symbol, right? It is, yeah. It, it does so look I'm, different. So I'm looking out for um, there. There are two places where the lines cross, though. I can send this picture as well for listeners. Uh, there's two places where the the lines cross to form X's, as you could tell, uh, and there is another black circle on it, but uh, it is different in the formation of it. Okay, does this help me find the the circle any faster, or is it pretty easy to find? Not the piano okay. key one, but from your memory of Salem's symbol, you can find this one okay. pretty easily. Guys, I think we got to go this way, and I, I kind of go towards it. All right. Okay. Zip, do you want to do that like whole mass healing thing again on our way over? I'm really tired, Darian. Hey, get us okay, into... fine. I'll just keep bleeding over here. <laughs> Come on, Zip. Get us into double digits. You know, try... As you're... Are you going to do it? I'm really tired. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> yeah, just keep walking. Uh, okay, you keep walking. You have to kind of go up on the side so you're on the top side of the cube. And as you get to the corner, the gravity shifts and you're standing on top. So it's fine. So it seems like wherever side you're standing on, the gravity accommodates. Okay. This place is really weird, Darian. Yeah, you're telling me, and I'm I'm from another plane. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm from another like, plane. Cool. Is this place like a different plane? Like, what is this? No, this is. Uh, well, this box itself is not from the prime plane. I can tell you that much. And unfortunately, I didn't pay attention much in my uh, in my classes, and so I, I don't don't know much about this. Actually, truth be told, never heard of much about it in classes. It was overheard from my father once, so I I don't know much more than that. But I, I think uh, I think Norman's onto something with finding that circle. Let's see if we can find a way inside. As you guys walk, you have to go down another side. So you're on another just kind of part of the cube. The gravity shifts, and you see where the circle should be. It's this giant divot. It's like a crater in the <clears> cube. And you guys kind of walk down the slope of the crater. Hey, watch your step, Darian. And you Zippy, this... it's, it's kind of slanted. Careful. Oh, oh. You guys don't need to make dexterity saving throws. And, and you successfully make... Actually, for the heck of it, do it. Oh, my God. <laughs> DM, I only have one HP. 18. Uh, Darian maybe at 5 HP, but he's still on point. That's a 24. Wow. 18 plus 6, baby. That was an 11. Darian's running down <laughs> and, like, sliding. It's like he's on a snowboard, but there's nothing, be uh, like, beneath his feet. But he's sliding down and running. 
Uh, Normandy is quick after him, and Zippy's kind of just rolling down, <laughs> being like, ow, ow, ow. <laughs> um, But it doesn't hurt. Uh, it doesn't do one HP of damage. All right, wait, wait, wait. I, I use Bomb of the Summer Court on myself and Normandy. <laughs> what? Now, now you do it. <laughs> okay. Really? Uh, go for it. I can only heels. choose it on one other person. Fine. I'm casting Cure Wounds at level 2 uh, twice. Um, that is a 20. Boom. That's some good shit. Yeah, well, that's, that's 23, so come at me. Oh, wait, no, that that's not for him. That's 20 for me, but then for him, uh, I can choose an ally I can see within 120 feet of me and spend a number of those dice equal to half your druid level. So I can only use... Two. Um, two, yeah. Uh, that's, that's... Um, only two dice, and that's only two HP. Sorry, Norman. <laughs> well, you know what? I kind of, I got a little bit of pep, pep in my step. I guess. Thanks. Those are some, those are some snake eyes for you. Yeah, baby. <laughs> All right, you guys get healed a lot and a little, and you're feeling, you know, stabilized and okay for maybe another fight. We'll see. Um, feeling pretty good. But you're in the crater, at the bottom of it, and you see looking down near the center you're still making your way there is a pedestal and a door in the floor as you walk up you see the pedestal has kind of a button on it um it's it's a very oddly like squiggly it's it's not a normal shape it's very fluid um it's kind of like a a, a base clef note uh, that has extra curls that's the best way i can describe it um and you instinctively press it and the floor doors creak open and a warm light shines into the darkness, joining the, the blue light from the X's. And you just opened that first grand treasure up. And that's where we're going to take a break. Well, hello, everyone. Here we are at the final mid-roll for the first season i always said final season of cheaper by the dungeon it's over it's, it's all, all over, over. <laughs> this is it we peaked and we're done uh we couldn't we couldn't keep it together so we quit like quitters do i cry after every episode so this is a plus for me <laughs> i can't handle the stress it's too much too much for poor zippies carrying the team on his shoulders how how can he do it i'm for so one... small how can i carry anything <laughs> it's true you, I think your official height is like four feet or something. Something like that. Who knows? There's no measuring tapes around here. Exactly. Because it's fantasy, medieval, whatever. <laughs> yeah, and they have nothing when it comes to, you know, measurements or anything. Just magic. We guess, we guess everything. It's all very imprecise. I'm five foot 20? Maybe. Five, five foot 20? <laughs> I don't know. I, Who knows? I, I, I'm 640. And uh, feeling large. Seventy-seven. That's me. <laughs> um, well, 
Yeah, we, uh, Jacob's here to join me. We tried to get everyone, but Jacob was the only one available for this mid-roll. Don't, don't think I'm just available all the time. I'm a busy person, but, you know, I, I wasn't doing much <laughs> at this time. <laughs> what were you doing before this? Nothing. Watching Endgame? Oh, yeah, I did. It was amazing. You guys should all see that. It was a good movie. Seriously. Um, a lot's happening this weekend. The Game of Thrones battle and then... Endgame and what a time to be in our in our finale the, in our the finale. height of April, you know. Yeah, seriously, it's it's the season for for endings and new beginnings. Um, but uh, yeah, we we just wanted to come here and say a huge thank you to all you listeners for sticking with us through seventeen episodes of ridiculous adventuring and shenanigans and all that um we really appreciate the support like it's pretty crazy to see how we've grown from episode one to now not in terms of just uh production quality but also in terms of you know how we all play and how i dm and and how you guys have as a fan base have grown the cheapskate the cheapskates are alive and well um so a huge thank you from the entire cheap team and jacob hey (laughs) <laughs> who's also a part of the team um but well, we're going on a little break right please we're going on a little the more break. the more these fans enjoy me the more they suck out of me it's like i can't i hardly have a soul anymore <laughs> uh i need it, a break it's taken too much on him listen to uh, did you hear how he was playing this episode he barely had any energy in him i can barely He's... wipe away the tears on my face they're starting to harden crack even oh my face <laughs> Oh no! It's my face is getting all blistery. Will someone red. wipe away my tears? If you can, if you can, uh, if you want to help Jacob dry his tears, uh, rate us on iTunes. Only ten, <laughs> only only <laughs> five stars can wipe away the tears of a of a crying boy. Save me. Save, save him with the five stars, and all you don't even in the review. You just don't just write like. For Jacob's tears, <laughs> and we'll get the message. Um, but yeah, you can do that. But yeah, you are right. We are going to take a break. Uh, I need it. The players need it, uh, and uh, Jacob's eyes and face need it. He needs to moisturize. But that doesn't mean we're taking a break from content, right, Seth? Of course not, because we've got this handy little product called Sham Wow. Um, no. Uh, we we are still going to have content. We're still going to have our bi-weekly content because we love you guys and we want to keep having stuff for you to listen to. Uh, it'll just be a little different for a bit while we prep for season two. So first up, Jacob, take it away. Well, Seth, on May 14th, we're doing a Q&A episode. And you know what that means? We can't just come up with these questions ourselves. Heck, What's it we mean? Are... Well, I'll get to that right now. We can't come up with questions ourselves. It, it's too hard. So we're going to ask you guys to send your questions to us on Twitter or Facebook or however you want to reach us. And we'll answer your questions to the best of our abilities. Unless you're a dick. I won't, I won't answer those questions. Uh, Jake, that's not on the script. Where is it on the script? <laughs> I'm going off it's the handles. My tears are flowing. Um <laughs> I can't see anything. Where's my script? I can't read the pages. Where's my script? Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. And so we're going to have a full episode. Uh, how long is this episode going to be, Seth? I don't know, like an hour, an hour and a half? Yeah. Just, just us talking. Yeah, answering your questions and 
doing our best to just connect with you guys at a more you know personal level. Instead of mm-hmm. storytellers, we're now your friends. Uh, he he doesn't speak for all of us. <laughs> oh. uh, <laughs> Connor Connor's a pretty angsty guy. Um, but yeah. Uh, so send us your questions on Twitter. We're at Cheaper Dungeon on there. So you can DM us, you can tag us, I don't know, just, you know, hashtag cheap questions if you'd like. Just uh, shoot us a question and uh, we'll try and answer it. Or on Facebook or you can even email us. Uh, it's cheaperbythedungeoncast at gmail.com, I think. Um, but next up, after that, so that comes out. When does it come out again, Jacob, the Q&A episode? Comes out May 14th. May 14th. After that, two weeks after that, we got May 28th. Uh, which is going to be a one-shot. Uh, we're changing things up. Connor is actually going to DM, and I'm going to play alongside Adam and Jacob, uh, and we're going to do just a little adventure, just a one-shot. Uh, none of us know anything about it, uh, so get excited for that. New characters, not Zippy, Norman, and whatever I would play. Uh, it's a whole new world, whole new adventure, and a tight little package for you to enjoy. Oh, boy. Um, a whole new character. I have to crawl out of this bunny skin right fast. It's going to be Whippy Zespero. Mm, no, not him. <laughs> Any, anyone but him. <laughs> he, he spurned me too many times. Um, but what happens after that? We got our last little break piece. Yeah, well, after that, on June 11th, we actually are going to do a recap episode. You know, it helps going into these new seasons that instead of having to listen to 17 episodes, although it is prime quality content, um, it's it's a little handy for everyone to jump on board if there's if there's a recap. We always love new listeners, and uh, we're going to do our best to just, you know, make a fun little recap for you guys. That's not so much just bringing back clips or anything, but it's I think it's going to be something more like us kind of verbally talking about our adventures and what's come up to this point. So I think it'll be fun and uh, should be a, a good time for everyone. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a quick, I think, I don't know, half hour episode, would you say? Yeah, it's. I mean, um, I could ramble on and go and go. <laughs> oh, we know Zippy could ramble on. <laughs> the The entire first 10 minutes is Zippy being like, hi, I'm Zippy Westboro and, and yeah, so on. Let's get on. one thing out of the way here. uh but yeah we're gonna keep a just a tight little package so new listeners can hop on for season two without having missed anything uh and like you said i I think we're gonna try and make it kind of different not just you know reading out just what happened and also playing clips we're gonna kind of change it up a bit um after that though is going to be june 25th which is going to be the start of season two uh there's going to be a bit of a bit of a time skip i could say Uh, i'm not going to say any much more than that but we're going to be a bit more farther in the adventure and uh i think the second season is going to be a lot different than the first a lot more adventuring um a lot more i don't know zippy oh a lot lot more a lot more zippy and norman and darian darian less Uh, calm he was a bit of a nuisance but god that yeah no more calm I more of a necessity he was, but we got through it. <laughs> Just used him. Um, but yeah, so June 25th will be the launch of season two when we get back into it. Uh, but hopefully you enjoy our kind of bonus content while we all kind of take a break and I prepare for season two and the guys finally get a chance to 
uh, stop crying for a little bit. Um, so yeah, get excited. I'm excited. And uh, anything else? Oh yeah, I think I already said at Cheaper Dungeon on Twitter. Rate us on iTunes for the tiers and uh, check out our check out our Patreon too. No pressure or anything, but we got some fun tiers there for you guys. No pressure, but I'll break your arm if you don't. Yeah, I, I, I there's only so many carrots in this world, you know, and I can't. I need to eat. I, I eat something else, but that requires food. It's and true though. Money, we should say payment. we should say at the um, since this is the finale, we'll plug it for once. Uh, uh, properly plug it. We do have a Patreon. There's lots of little tiers. You can get the theme song that we play at the beginning of every episode. It's kind of like a ringtone. Uh, there's other music you can get from the show that we that we make. And uh, also, there's some little secret nifty stuff that you can get if, if you get to a high enough tier. Uh, <laughs> but, but, no, but no pressure. <laughs> no, but no, no, but no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Put my hands together, huh? Um <laughs> But yeah, I, I need the money. Um, so <laughs> I am broke. <laughs> but, but like Somebody real talk, guys. Me. Guys, I'm just screaming into the void. Um, but okay, uh, that's everything. Uh, thank you so much again for listening and for thank all you guys. you guys do for us as fans. Um, we love you guys and this show wouldn't be what it is without you. So uh, any last words from Zippy Westboro? My name's Jacob. Zippy is but a character, and here I am. (laughs) It's always so hard to tell which one's the character and which one's the person. Had a lot of fun this season, guys, and the fun's only going to continue. Yeah, it sounded really sinister. That was a really dark note. Zippy goes bad. (laughs) The world will become balanced with pills, as everything should be. Yum. Anyways, uh. This has already been a long enough mid-roll, and the episode's already extremely long, so uh, we're going to get out of your way. So enjoy the rest, and we'll see you in two weeks with some Q&A. See ya. See ya. And we are back for the final half of the final episode of Season 1. You guys just pushed uh, the symbol on the pedestal, which opened the doors into the cube, the first grand treasure. As the doors open, the pedestal sinks into the cube. What do you want to do? Where'd it go? What? <laughs> <laughs> this was uh, all for nothing. Nothing else happens? Nothing else happens? Uh, the the doors are open. It's like a a door in the floor. Uh, like two two flaps are kind of opened up, and you can look inside. Well, should we go inside? <laughs> yeah, I uh, think we should. I guess so. How else are we supposed to get out of here? That's a fair point, actually. And Darian just kind of looks up at the tall cavern above them. It's just like, yeah. Oh, we'll figure something out, I guess. Oh. And uh, I step inside. I step inside and nudge Darian out of the way to get in front. I don't let him. I crawl through his legs. <laughs> I close them. <laughs> uh, um, I do pull out the um, the piano key that sure. we that we have from Gilbert way back in like episode minus three. Yeah. <laughs>
I just I like I just have it handy in case you know it's a literal key to a door or something down the line. I just have it with us as we go forward. I go into. Okay. As you all hop into the the door in the floor, you see it, there was like more it was like sunshine was kind of coming out uh of the door. And when you go in, you find the gravity shifts again, like you just like it completely reversed. And you guys all fall on your faces on grass and dirt. And you stand up and you look around and the inside of this cube is like a whole new world. It looks kind of like prehistoric kind of. It's like a scene of Jurassic Park basically, like lots of trees. Uh, But you're inside a cube and kind of the same gravity stuff is going on in here but reversed. So... Like, when the land hits a side of the cube, it starts going up. So it's this very kind of encapsulated biosphere kind of thing. Is there a sky? Uh, there is no sky, but it's just illuminated like there was sunshine. Mm-hmm. It, it, like a sunny day in here. It's just all lit up. Um, this place is lit. As you stand up, you look back at the door, and it closes, and there's like grass that replaces on that side of the door and you see the pedestal that you pushed on the outside comes up on this side and the button that you pressed lifts itself like it could be pushed again we're definitely trapped in here guys there is no way out that I can see I mean the pedestal did just it it, it can't be that that's a trap for sure we should probably move on uh, alright yeah whatever this is this is magnificent, though. Man, the things you can do with magic. As you guys look around even closer, you see there's actually, like, a mountain kind of cliffside in the distance with a waterfall going off the side. There's a running river nearby that leads from there. And there's just trees, and you can hear animals and birds. You actually see some birds flying up above. Uh, but these are kind of different birds. You've never really seen ones like these. They kind of shimmer like they're made of glass, almost. Uh, but they're flying around and you actually see some familiar creatures like uh, just some bugs on the ground and a, a deer in the woods just kind of prancing. Darian, is this your home? Uh, no, definitely not. But I don't, I don't know what this is. Um, Seth, is there any kind of sh- like main structure or anything like the the door we came in on, is there any kind of, like, discernible path leading us towards anything, or is it just a a gorgeous uh, area? There is no path. You don't, you don't see... It seems like you're in the wilderness. Uh, all you see is kind of the river flowing down near you, and it kind of hits the wall and goes up. Uh, it's, it's weird gravity that way. Um, but there is no discernible path in here. Is there a tall tree or anything? Uh, there is tall trees up above, further past the cliffside with the waterfall. Mm. Mm. Uh, they look like kind of different trees, uh, <coughs> but still, you know, a forest, still all the same. I want to get a good view of everything. Yeah, should we get a should we get a good lay of the land? I guess. Yeah, yes. I uh, can. One of us climb that uh, climb a tree, or uh, I can. Or... I have high jumpy legs. that's true he does i guess it's worth asking uh oh sorry uh zip does this feel like um 
Like no, a, a the bramble patch is much better than this. I, I was gonna say a dream. Does it feel like you have your... <laughs> just assume he's going for the bramble is patch? Is this real life? Is this just fantasy? Mm, with with I'm such a I'm such a youngster when it comes to dream powers and whatnot. But no, this seems pretty real to me. I pinch Zippy. I feel nothing. <laughs> just I'm much, ice cold. <laughs> I'm much stronger than that. All right. Well, uh, Darian starts to make his way towards that uh, cliff face. If there's a way to kind of just like hike up, he's gonna try and go up that way. Sure. Um, as you're kind of moving in between, uh, the woods that are closest to you are kind of thin, so you can see a lot around you. There, there's lots of just woodland creatures that you've seen before. Some are a little odd, but uh, most of them seem very familiar. Um, you keep walking. You're kind of following the river, actually, uh, since, you know, it leads you directly there. Uh, and you see, you don't see fish in the river. It's just running water. But you actually all need to make a perception check. Hmm. Uh, modified 20. 18. Uh, 14. You see some gold coins in the river. Mine! Just a few. <laughs> I rush towards uh, yeah. the river and try to snatch at them. I use Maytain to grab some. <laughs> okay. Uh, you each find some. There, There's not very many. Uh, Zippy, you get uh, three, and Normandy, you got four. Oh, what? Yeah. Um, so you can add <laughs> that amount of gold to your total. It's a lot. Um, Aren't these fuzzy hands? If I recall correctly, fellas, the first grand treasure was a large sum of gold. I wonder if those are just left over from it. <gasps> Let's follow the river. All right. Or do you think we should head upstream? No, we'll go downstream first, but just be careful as we get close to that waterfall. Upstream makes sense, right? Well, because that's where everything would have come from. Uh, yeah. and it looks like we're heading towards a cliff. But what if, what if the what if the gold pile is so huge that some are spilling into the river? I'm going to go upstream. <laughs> oh wait guys um, I know exactly what to do I know how to find out what direction we should go okay well then do it I pull out my amulet and I let it while hanging from my necklace I hold it up in front of us and I say Royce in the powers of the deep which way should we go uh please roll an insight check. I actually had... I did not think this was going to work. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do something that you claimed worked that you didn't know it would work? <laughs> I'm just trying to, like, uh, uh, gather up belief in Royce. You know, a little side hustle. Okay. Because everybody wants to believe in the devil, you know? Uh, oh, so, insight? Yep. Okay. Let me just find it. 18. You feel in your heart of hearts. It's telling you... To go upstream. You don't know why. You don't You don't hear a voice or anything. You just feel in your gut. It's almost like my natural intuition wanted us to go that way or something. <laughs> yeah, Darian, you're right. Let's, let's go upstream. What? I mentioned going upstream first. That's not fair. No, it's okay, Zip. You're right. It was a, it was a team effort. Yeah. I always mm -hmm. get pushed around by you two. You do feel, though, uh, Normandy, as though that gut intuition was provided from Royce. So good job. Yes. <laughs> right on. Um. So far, this guys... episode is going great for me. <laughs> uh, 
as you guys are moving further upstream, you can see the cliff face is coming more into view and there's kind of a clearing of trees where there's just a a larger pool of water, like a a small lake uh, just at where uh, the river is kind of spawning off and the waterfall is flowing into. Uh, You also notice you look up at the tall trees and the trees are actually taller than you thought because you thought they were going all the way up, but actually they're not that tall. They're just going up far enough where the trees on the top side of the cube are reaching down. So it looks like just one tall tree. So it's it's this weird, disorienting kind of place. Um, you do see in this clearing, though, and right near the lake, that the trees are kind of more broken here. There, there seems to be evidence of some fight that happened a long time ago, but there's, like, d- decayed trees that have been, like, knocked over, some stumps that have been left over, and you see uh, a carcass. Uh, you see bones, specifically a large rib cage of some four-legged creature uh, that used to be here. But its bones and skeleton are still here, and it's to the right of this lake and mountainside. It's kind of right near the wall. Uh, there's There doesn't seem to be much f- flesh or, or, or meat on the bones, but it, it's a carcass. Uh, none of you have really seen it before, but you can tell by the head and the sharp teeth that it was something incredibly fearsome and incredibly big um it was about the size of like tori when he was in full god mode as you saw before like very big Whoa. like a giant do the um, do the bones look i mean i don't know if like what bones do when they decay do they look like broken like like something bigger than it attacked it or does it look <clears throat> like like can we tell how it was how it came to die Investigation check. Okay, all of us or? Yeah. Why well, don't care? I don't care. <laughs> and you don't roll <laughs> Wait, an investigation. At the same time, can I can I look for like a loose bone and call that an investigation check? Sure. Like something I can grab and like hold in my hands. Yeah. Uh, that's a seventeen for me. That's an eight for me. Yeah, mine was an eight as well. Okay. Um. So, Darian, with your expertise and being a ranger and knowing creatures and your basic knowledge of life, uh, you can tell that this thing uh, has some broken ribs. Like, it took a beating. Uh, It looks like it was slain. It didn't die of natural causes. Um, And also, you find a tooth kind of lying. Well, you you can find, like, a loose tooth if Zippy really wanted it. (laughs) Um, But... uh, it's about the size of a dagger, the one that you have. Uh, it's just a small so one. Sick. I'll pick up the tooth. Um, okay. Uh, it's one of the smaller teeth, but it's one of the, the most put together. Like, there is other teeth, but they're kind of more decayed or would fall apart. But this is a sturdy tooth. Hey, Darian, um, do you know what time it is? Tooth hurty. <laughs> oh, gosh. How many kids does Normandy have? Because he should have a million for that dad joke. Sorry, Do you on, have a bunch of on. bastard children or something, Norman? Because those dad jokes just are constantly Ooh, coming a, from you. A tiefling never kisses and tells, and he just keeps walking. <laughs> I pocket the, the tooth for now. Okay, um, you can just add uh, mysterious tooth to your inventory. So I found nothing? You found nothing. Oh, <laughs> you were just kind of looking around. Um, oh, Seth, just super quick. Actually, yeah. Okay, yeah. Super quick. The the place where 
Pontius was buried. Is that like like close to here at all? Like in terms of like it was it was underneath the the castle, right? This is not at the same mm-hmm. place. Yeah. So based on the one time you wore the shins in front of Jesse, um, you could tell that it was underneath the center square of Orem. Uh, this was underneath uh, the Church of Salem, and by the distance you fell, you know this is not the place where King Pontus was buried. Okay, cool. Um, is there anything else around kind of the monster, any other, uh, I guess, like, disturbed setting, mm-hmm. any other indicators of uh, what else may have happened? Can I try and piece that together with my ranger tracking abilities? Yeah, so I'll let you still keep that investigation check from before. So you can tell... Based on some scuff marks on the stone, on the like cliff face that it's kind of perched up against, uh, you can tell there was some definitely some fire was here way back, or it, the the rock formation and and kind of the way it's charred or, or you know formed. Uh, you can tell some fire happened. You can gather that probably some magic was used somewhere, uh, but for the most part, it seems like it was just slain, like any old adventuring party would take down a monster. But as you follow and kind of are walking through the carcass of this beast and near this bony tail that it has, uh, you follow the tail and it's kind of just dipping its tail in the in the lake water. And when you're looking at it, you can actually see there's kind of an opening behind the waterfall. Hmm. Oh, I, fellas, I think I found something over here. There's an opening behind the waterfall. Oh boy, Darian, that looks like a nice little entrance there. Let's go. There's always something behind the waterfall. Always. Always. You guys go back. You kind of can make your way along the side, but you have to get through the waterfall. And as you go, you kind of get just completely soaked immediately because it's a lot of water. Um, And you go forward. And you're in a cave, and it's kind of dark. But you all have night vision, I believe, so it doesn't even matter. Um, but you're in this cave, and you can see more gold coins on the floor leading further into this cave. Um, I pick them up and keep following the trail. Uh, you keep following the trail, picking them up as you go. Um, you gather about 30 gold coins uh, before you get to kind of an opening. Um, Is this like Orem currency, or can I exchange these for Orem, Orem currency? It's just gold. Yeah, it's it's just... It can it works the same. Yeah. What? Gold coins. Um, it's like pennies. <laughs> <laughs> wow. In any other D&D campaign where it's not just a one gold, like, currency system, people would be, like, freaking out. Um... <laughs> But you uh, make it to this clearing where the cave opens up a lot more. And there's a lot more gold kind of just scattered around uh, in here. But you also notice there's kind of a little hut to the far back of this open wide room. It's just a little hut made of twigs and leaves that were probably scavenged from the forest. Is there any like campfire or anything going on does it look like recently lived in or does it look like long dormant like it was a long time ago it looks like it was lived in actually investigation check uh that's an 18 did anybody else want to investigate 
no, I think he will. He's he's got it. Yeah. So with that, you can tell that somebody lived here. The last bit was probably about five years ago. It looks like somebody five years ago was currently active in here, but not since then. You see a little fire pit, but you can tell this was lived in not super long ago. Not as long ago as that beast uh, that was slain. Is anyone in here? (laughs) There's only one way to know. He might get the jump on us. No, that's a fair point, but uh, what would this be doing in here? Who would just be hanging out in the grand treasure? What, like you wouldn't live in here with all this gold? The more I think about it, the more I feel like I want to live here. (laughs) As you get closer to the hut, you kind of gathered that from a glance. But now that you're looking even closer around it, you see there's little, you know, spoiled rations and and, and rotten food. And and there's kind of an old canteen of water. And you look inside kind of the hut and you see there's somebody in a bedroll in there. More like somebody. I are we like Ooh. are we within thirty feet? Uh yeah, at this point, yep. I and we're looking through the open door at this point. We've opened the door. Yeah, you've kind of opened or peered through the opening of the hut and you can see inside. Okay. Well, There's not much in there besides the bedroll and the guy who's in there. Okay. I kind of I raise a hand to Darren and Zippy just to kind of like motion for caution, and I send Mage Hand forward to just kind of tap the the shoulder of the person in the bedroll. The problem is, is he raised the hand, but he didn't raise it low. I can't see that high, so I just kept walking in. <laughs> you keep walking in, and you tap the shoulder with the Mage Hand, and there is no response. Oh, heavy sleeper! I shake again. You can see the person's kind of laying on their side away from you as well. And as Zippy walks in, nothing happens. I kick him. Assuming oh it's a guy. Gosh. Uh you, you you kick and and it just kind of flops over. No response. Mm. It's a sleeping bag? It's like a bedroll, yeah. Okay. I I pull I grab the bedroll and I pull out the dagger. And then I cut the bedroll open. I join him. Okay. You cut the bedroll open. And you see it's just a corpse uh, inside. Um, Yeah, it seems like they died uh, relatively long ago, but not long enough where they would completely decompose. Um, But yeah, you, you notice that they're dead. Like human, dwarf. It is a human. Looks human. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Norman. <laughs> um, are there? Is there any like journal or, or notebook or anything that we might be able to try and piece together who this rando was? Is there any more gold? <laughs> Actually, you search the body and the clothes it's wearing look kind of foreign. It's it's kind of just like a one sash around its chest, but you would piece together that this person looks kind of like a monk. Um, or just wearing monk garb. But you see, since you kicked the body over, and it was like laying on its side, you see its arms and hands were actually kind of clutching something to its chest. And yes, indeed, your assumption was right. It is some form of journal. 
I I pull the journal from the hands and and open it up. It's kind of gross, but it's leather bound. There is nothing on the front or back. It's just black leather. It, it doesn't look anything special. Just just a book, and the pages are kind of uh, yellow with age. Um, but yeah, it's it's a book. Are there any loose bones I can use for this guy? <laughs> Bones from this guy? Yeah. Uh, what bone are you like? Uh, there's probably a femur. Yeah, that's a little loose. It's kind of poking through the skin. I take it. I start skimming <laughs> through the journal while Zippy's taking bones. I run the bone alongside his rib cage. It's like a xylophone. Hey, great acoustics in here. You can add a uh, monk femur to, to your inventory. The, the clothes. Sorry, Connor. I know you're reading that book. The the clothes. They've they've deteriorated like as per usual. Uh, yeah, not as much as the body, obviously, but you can tell like they're kind of gross because a dead body's been living in them. So there's nothing um, like magical about those clothes that would preserve them. Nope. And what it, color? They don't are... seem like magic clothes at all. What color are they? Uh, now brown. Okay. <laughs> uh, they they're brown, but they have kind of a, a red sash bit to it. Right. Okay. Cool. Like the the one that goes across the chest would be red. So the with the three of us being, I guess, more reclusive or not from here people, we don't really recognize the robes, do we? No. And actually, Normandy, you don't recognize it as being associated with the cloud, uh, calm cloud monastery robes at all. Okay. I don't um, say anything about it. But it is in general monk wear. Okay. As you're surfing through this uh, notebook, you see it's a language that you've never seen before. It, it, and all of you take a look, and it's nothing any of you have seen before. It, it's lots of weird symbols, and it doesn't seem consistent. It's like the language is kind of changing as the further you go through the book. Mm. It, it seems like it's encrypted in a way. Um, but there is pictures, and those speak volumes. Oh, I like these pictures, Darian. They speak to me. <laughs> yeah, volumes. <laughs> you see... <laughs> wow. Uh, as you're going through, you see different pictures. You see a picture of a great giant lizard um, with with just breathing fire. And, and you can kind of piece together that it kind of looks maybe like the thing that was outside. Darian's ancestors. I don't say that. You keep... <laughs> You keep uh, surfing through, and the early bits of the book, you see the symbol of Salem, but it's on this pedestal. It's the pedestal you saw before. Uh, it's actually the whole thing. It, it's it's like they drew like it was found in a box somewhere. But it seems as though this big pedestal was the first thing whoever came here found to get in here. Um, you can see drawings of the gold pile that used to be here or that you pieced together used to be here and lots of other symbols. As, But the one that's most confusing to you is this kind of throne with flowers around it. Uh, and it just has an arrow pointing up above it. And you have no idea what that means, but you keep going on. 
And then you see some other types of little trinkets. You see the hilt of a sword with a different symbol of Salem on it. You see the... Oh, yeah. And also from the pedestal earlier, uh, you also see on the bottom... Like, you press the, the button bit on the top, but on the bottom of it apparently was the symbol of Salem that you all know. Um, but on the sword hilt, there's a different one. You also see just um, a big rod with a hook, kind of like a scythe with a different symbol. And all these different kind of items with different symbols of Salem on them. You see an orb, you see some gems, you see even a helmet. It's, it's all these random items and you actually see one that looks a lot like that piano key you're holding knew it hmm. <laughs> i knew it but they all have different symbols of salem on them uh it's all the same kind of pattern per se where it's it's got some lines that cross some cross more than others but it always kind of forms an x and there's always kind of an orb bit uh that seems to be the center um but all different kind of formations different amounts of x's and all that stuff uh but you see kind of lots of pages throughout that kind of have different bits like that gasp um, we need to find all these items <laughs> um but uh furthermore looking through the book uh you don't see anything too crazy you see lots of different kind of animals that you've never seen you see potential doorways that seem to lead to other planes potentially with the drawings and the coloring uh but it seems very out there but that's about all you get from the pictures interesting i think we'll need to try and find someone who can help us understand this but mm. i recommend we don't mention this book to many people let's try and keep this one close to the chest all right Close, close to the chest, all right. What about Gilbert? I think we can let him know. He's kind of our partner in all of this, but right. I don't want to necessarily go walking through the city flaunting it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, totally. <laughs> I got a magic book here. It's my book. <laughs> it tells me so many secrets. <laughs> can you all roll an investigation check? Negative. Wow. <laughs> I refuse. Okay. This uh, is where my carry ends. 20! Natural 20? Modified. 14. <laughs> is that not good two. enough for you? Okay. Darian sees nothing for sure. Normandy sees a little. And Zippy, you see... Boom! <laughs> just as Darian's about to close the book, on the last... Like, on the back side of the book, you notice there's kind of a latch, a little latch near... Um, the the spine of the book on the last kind of cover page and you reach in and and flick it so it kind of unlocks and the back of the leather book kind of opens revealing just one more page Hmm. and it's a big circle with lots of inner circles four circles and all the symbols of all the gods are placed on the rings with the innermost ring being two, uh, the second most ring having others, uh, and so forth and so on. Um, but you see, you notice some symbols of the gods that you've uh, been acquainted with. 
uh, or or have heard of or have seen from the one supplemental thing I gave you guys <laughs> and I posted on Twitter. <laughs> uh, but you actually see on the second ring, one of them is the symbol of Salem, which is kind of odd for you because, and it's not the full symbol of Salem. It's just the circled bit. Um, no X's or lines. And you find this very odd because you all were under the impression that, you know, Salem was a, a bottom tier god. Not that anybody knew much about him, but yeah, you see that it's probably not bottom tier. And so, like, the there's cent- kind of just this interplay there. The, the center rings seem like we intuitively know those predominate or, or pre. The, they're before the outer rings, kind of like like a... you can kind of piece together that the original two Domi and Nobis are represented as the two innermost circle right. kind of. It's kind of like you know in chemistry where it's it's the electrons and 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 neutrons and stuff like that, like the the drawings you make. Right. It's kind of formed like that, but with each kind of dot representing a god, or like the sun and how all the planets orbit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So. If I understand this correctly, Salem was a second. This well, this book seems to pose that Salem was a second tier, a second, uh, or I guess first divergence. If it's the second tier, first divergence. But I've from all the conversations that we've had and heard of, I I've never heard him be referenced at that. I I thought he was a bottom tier. Salem's not showing his true hand. Seems like. Hmm. You know that. Mir that we saw, he took on what is at least commonly believed to be Salem's form up when he was fighting Turi. And then after he did that, he easily overpowered him or, or, uh, Carol. Um, well, anyways, um, and, and he was unstoppable. I mean, his, he, he was, uh, much more powerful than I think any of us would have thought. I think there's something else going on there, though. I don't think Salem, who's been hidden for hundreds, if not thousands of years, would just frivolously show his hand like that. I I think there's something else at play there. Maybe a misunderstanding or interpretation. I don't know. Maybe Mir's just trying to get his own secret way of cutting in and Getting some of the power, I don't know. Or could but... it be a ruse? I don't know about you, but if I was the god of the hunt who was trying to hide, I wouldn't uh, broadcast my presence like that in front of anybody unless it was absolutely necessary. And if I did, I don't think I would leave people who saw around to tell everyone else. But, I mean, who would believe us? I mean, it's it's three people who claim... Oh, we saw Salem. We can't prove it. We have nothing. Um, and this, I, I'm just, I'm just saying, it's, it's food for thought. That's all. I know, but we could so doubt. We could tell the other gods because Salem's hidden from the other gods as well. And I don't think news like that would just get completely passed by. It seem, it seems too reckless. I think there's something else at play. Right. But anyway, that's. I narrow my eyes thoughtfully. Hmm. This seems like something, though, and I, I want to know what it has to say. 
Yeah, maybe oh, Gilbert yeah. will will know more about it than we do. Yeah, possibly. Maybe you can at least point us in the right direction. Um, well, I guess is uh, Seth is do do we see anything else in the hut, or does it seem like that's kind of it? No, that that seems to be it. I want to get out of here. I want to go home. Yeah, I, I mean, why don't we take a one quick last look? But I think this, I think this might be it. And- As you guys leave the hut. You immediately all stop at the entrance as you notice there's a little creature that's staring back at you guys in the hut. It's just been out there kind of watching you the whole time. It's a little fox, but it has feathers on its tail somewhat and these kind of wings that go off its elbows on its front two legs. It looks like a hawk fox. Aw, hi, little guy. And it's just really cute and it's looking at you guys and it's just like, Whoop. I squint. I want to make an page? animal handling check. <laughs> uh, roll. What are you checking? Sorry? I'm making an animal, animal handling hand- check oh, to try nice. and kind of coax him over and, and pet him. He's a cute little boy. I'll kick him if he comes over. <laughs> man, this is no normal animal, man. This is like a god or something. 17 plus 2. 19. Okay. You kind of get down on your on your knees and kind of just go like... Come here, come here. And you reach out your hand to show that, you know, you're not threatening. And it looks at you, kind of tilts its head to the side like it's curious. And then it kind of stands on its legs. <laughs> and its wings kind of span out. <laughs> and it jumps high and just lands on your shoulder and kind of curls around your neck to the other shoulder. And it's just kind of brushing up against you, Darian, going. I'm going to keep him. <laughs> wow. Cool. Um. But it's kind of just like perched on your shoulder now, like a parrot. And it's just kind of like cooing and, and looking at you. I'm going to take a little bit of rations and just kind of like f- try and feed it to him. Okay, you do. And it graciously accepts them. And it's like. And then, uh, yeah, it seems content. Yeah, I'm going to keep them. Okay. This is so cute. I still want to get out of here. This thing is useless. <laughs> Wait, Darren, are you going to give it a name? Uh, sure. We should give him a name. Pepper. <laughs> that was fast. Actually, you know what? That's a good name, Zip. I'm going to call him Pepper. I have the best names. You, d- you do. You're you're very quick. I like it. Quickie Zippy is what they call me. <laughs> they call you lots of things. <laughs> As you call it Pepper for the first time, it just seems very happy, and it kind of, like, grins, and it's like, nods, and it's like, and just seems happy with its name. And Zippy, you notice most of the time you can just instinctively tell what animals are saying. But this one, you have no clue what it's saying. It doesn't even sound like any kind of animal speak you know. Hmm. The one thing I had up my sleeve is useless now. I can't even understand what this <laughs> thing says. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, like I said, let's let's take one quick uh, scan around the forest. And if there's nothing else, let's... Uh... Let's go back get to that pedestal. Get me out of here! Except, like, just can we just do like one last passing glance on the inside of the of the whole pit? Like, I know there's gold scattered around, or sorry, of the clearing inside the cave. Is there are there any other entrances or anything like that? Uh, make a perception check. Okay. I know we probably eighteen. So another plus two, nineteen. Oh nope, plus perception or uh, plus proficiency. I can talk. I promise. Twenty two. 
Oh, man. Um, you don't notice any other entrances or exits, but you can notice in this cave, you just realize there seems to be lots of, like, claw marks and, and other kinds of scratches and battle-torn stuff. It seems like a fight went down in here. Different from the one outside, but still a fight all the same. Okay. Um, I kind of just kind of... But you see, yeah, some rocks kind of crumbled over in the corner and, and other things like that. But you don't see any other entrances or exits or really anything of, of use. Okay. I just kind of gestured to them, to Zippy and Darren, and said, interesting. <laughs> yes, interesting. As, as we're walking, you know. So do you guys leave? All right. Yeah, we're uh, we're going to head out. Okay. So as you guys leave the cave, most of the gold coins have been picked up by you, Zippy. Um, One, two, three, and you four. leave through the waterfall again and Pepper doesn't seem to like the water and kind of like gets soaked and it's just kind of sad it's like, and then it just kind of shakes off the I water him from on the other side doesn't like water it's made of water everything is <laughs> <laughs> I was like it's not a water elemental um, you guys keep walking forth uh, past the bones and through the forest again um, and you get to the pedestal Beep. and I you, you push the button, yeah. the button is pushed and it sinks down into the floor. Is there grips on this, on this thing? On pedestal? the pedestal? It's not just a smooth no. pedestal. There has to be like, it's a- kind of just a, it's, it's just a square rectangular, uh, straight iron pedestal. Well, what is it? A square rectangle? Rectangle. Oh, my bad. Can I like try to like while it's sinking down? Can I try to use my feet to like push it against the side of the wall it's falling down into, so that I kind of you're gonna break the door. <laughs> don't out. break it. As you try, you don't need to roll anything. You can try, but it doesn't. It doesn't do anything. Mm. Uh, it, it just kind of smoothly goes in. Like it's I won't fit. play by your rules. <laughs> um. Hey, can I do one last thing? Sorry, guys, one last thing before we before we leave. The the grass, I kinda kneel down and I and I pull out the piano key and I place it onto the grass and I say, What could happen what you know, what could it hurt? And I press it. You press it. And the entire cube room forest area just goes Ooh, like it's super loud but it's just this deep guttural like Ooh, and you just hear it so loud birds are flying from the trees as they're spooked and you can see animals are just darting around because they're freaking out it sounds like the end of the world's happening but it's just making this huge noise pepper is freaking out and is going to run no, uh, no, no. jumps off your arm no. darian and runs back into the forest no! oh my god pepper I hate Norman, you, Norman. you son of a bitch. <laughs> um, it kind of cowers. It cowers behind a nearby tree uh, on one of the branches up above as it flies into the tree. But it's looking at you guys scared. Uh, and you unrelease the the piano key and the sound stops. Hot okay, damn. Yeah. Can, that was I a pressed, sweet drop. I pressed the button already, right? Yeah. All right, goodbye. And actually, so this is what happened. Uh... The doors from the cube opened upwards because they opened downwards before and the grass kind of slats where it was form open and you can, you know, see back into the pit and then you pushed it. So it like echoes into the cave so you can hear like the echoing coming uh, just off in the distance from the cave. Um, But it's open. And Pepper's in the tree, kind of scared. I'm going to go coax Pepper quickly before we go. Sorry. 
Okay, one quick animal handling check. If I lose this fox, Norman, I swear. <laughs> okay, that's pretty good. That's still 16. 14 plus 2. Okay. Pepper seems to trust you already, Darian, and it kind of calms down, but it's a little wary of you, Norman, now. Of course. <laughs> um, but it's not like aggressively against you. It's just kind of like a little spook. Sorry, little guy. Uh, but it comes down and it curls back up on your shoulder, Darian. Perfect. Let's go, Pepper. As you guys leave the cube, the gravity shifts again and the doors close behind you and you find yourself, again, standing on the outside of the cube. But the scenery around you is a little different. Uh, specifically, that in the distance from that giant pit that you fell, you see there's a stairway and a bridge that's been built. It looks like it goes a bridge from the cube up to the up to the the circle pit and then like a spiral staircase that goes up and actually you can hear some people running down the stairs being like what was that sound what was that sound is something coming we gotta get to work we gotta finish this bridge what's going on what's with the what's with the noise and you see just some workers some construction people running down do we want to be seen no let's get out of here the only way out of here is to, like, pass those people that are coming down the oh. stairs. I don't know, unless you have another way to get out of this <laughs> well, pit. Let's go past them. Well, how did we get down here? I must have fallen. <laughs> Hail and well met, fellow workers. Hello. As you guys move your way towards the bridge, you meet the people, and they're just, you know, workers from Orem, and they're like, Oh, my God. It's the heroes. It's the heroes. How- You've been gone for two months. What? Oh my, oh my god. Oh, come <laughs> what? on. What? I haven't aged today. <laughs> it's the heroes, everybody. It's the heroes. We got to get you guys up there. We got to get you up. Uh, follow us. We we built this bridge as soon as the battle ended and Colm was made king. We, we He told us to build this bridge down here to, you know, and always kind of check and, and make sure maybe one day you guys would return. We thought you were dead. I died twice almost. I mean... It's, yeah, pretty legit. All right. There better be a red carpet up here. <laughs> oh, I'm sure there will be. The heroes are back. It's the heroes. Yeah, yeah. We heard that before. You said two months? Yeah, it's been two months since, well, the whole sorcerer candidate thing. Ugh. Oh, man. What a wild time. But you guys saved us all, and you saved Colm. I hate time things. All right. Um. Oh, is yeah, Baron's body a... still there? Or it's been uh, no, Farron's body is not there. Okay. There's there's no trace of the battle that happened. Okay. All right, take us to Colm. Are they are they naming one person solely responsible for like like the greatest of heroes or anything? <laughs> like, well, Zippy, as I know your name now, hero, you're up there with the top three for sure. There's only three though, <laughs> <laughs> unless there's four, in which case I'm happy. <laughs> Wait, there has to be four, um, because it's Colm, me, Norman, Darian. I'd hate to be the fourth one. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're the um, heroes and Colm's the king. It's uh, uh, it's fine, whatever. Let's take us to Colm. Sure thing, fourth hero. <laughs> you guys are working your way up the spiral staircase from the pit, and you can see it's all kind of just wood slats. Um, but you can see the bridges... That used to be formed across the pit uh, that were broken from Turi and Mir on the way down are kind of rebuilt with the wood. Uh, it's like they're trying to, you know, rebuild and make it more easily accessible. Wood. It's accessible. 
successful. It's a ramp, you know. Uh, but the church is still not um, built, obviously. It, but all the kind of debris and everything has been cleared out. And the stone door is closed, but it's kind of just like floating there in the air. And there's kind of like a little stage beneath it now to keep it propped up. But it seems like a door with nothing on either side, but it's closed and it's made of stone. As you get up to the surface in the actual light of the day is shining on your eyes which happened honestly for you guys about like you know four hours ago it just feels so much different there's no rain there's no nothing it's like you came back to a whole new orum and you come back and a lot of the buildings that were destroyed from you know Tori and Mir's brief fight in the nearby district uh, have been kind of patched up and rebuilt and once you all step foot on the street you see everybody around who is just kind of going about their daily business stops and looks at you and gasps. And they're like, the heroes, the heroes have returned. Everybody, it's the heroes. And everybody's like coming out of their houses to see you guys. And a small crowd is forming and they're all like cheering. And some people are, are, are throwing flowers at you guys. And, and some people are coming up to you and giving you hugs. It, it's like a huge, just mass of people are coming by to see you um but uh the construction worker people are like no get out of the way we gotta get him to calm everyone we have to get him to calm quick and and everyone agrees and they kind of part uh and you guys make your way down the street how are you all feeling right now pretty good great yeah um a little disoriented at the fact that we lost two months but also currently just trying to protect protect my uh new hawk fox uh friend from the yeah the hawk fox uh, Huck Fox actually seems to like people and it's not really too perturbed by uh, all the crowds and it just seems to be happy and, and looking around um, but yeah you guys keep making your way up uh, the street to the center square and again it's like just as when Colm was returned and there was that train of happy people uh, behind him there's like a train of people behind you just chanting like the heroes are back and as you get to the center square of Orem, it used to be just kind of a blank square that they'd use for events and you know they'd prop up stages now you see there is somewhat of a large golden statue of four figures three of which are you guys in your golden gear armor kind of doing these cool poses and then all of you kind of surrounded and in the middle is the new king, Colm, kind of raising a sword to the sky. But it's this golden statue, and you guys are a part of it. This kid never raised a sword in his life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You have a massive gold statue. At least say thank you. Thank thank you. (laughs) You guys uh, make your way uh, up the stairs to the castle, and as soon as you're there, the nobles, who used to be kind of mean and 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 didn't really care about you guys they all seem different uh, a lot of new faces too and they all seem happy and they're like oh it's the heroes get calm and as soon as you go in the lobby you actually see calms kind of at this top of the stairs and he was discussing uh just with someone and he looks over and he's wearing these kingly gold robes now and you actually see he has a beard like a full beard now <laughs> what? time has passed <laughs> Uh, it's been two months and he hasn't shaved since he's aged ten years Um, it's his playoff beard and he looks at you guys and he's like oh my god it's it's you guys and he runs down the stairs to greet you guys 
and he jumps into your arms and he holds all three of you close <laughs> and he's like guys oh you, you survived i was really worried i told you to jump in that pit and i led you to your death oh man my conscience was rough guys comb you're you're I even kidding. made a statue to try and make it up to you. Yeah, guys. we were trying to scream for days and days, but no one would come. <laughs> what? Oh, <laughs> we thought you abandoned us. I personally went down there. You guys weren't on the cube. You weren't there. Sometimes when we would get bored, we'd play hide and seek. Maybe it was one of those <laughs> one of those times. <laughs> <laughs> Darian really just starts. <laughs> Darian just starts to laugh and throws his arm around Colm. And it's just like, yeah, don't, it was, don't even worry about it. He's just pulling your leg or your robe or your, I don't know. But I like what you've done with the place. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I, I overhauled everything. Well, you know, I couldn't change the gods from, you know, Tory to, or Salem to Tory, but, you know, none of that really yeah, mattered we tried. anyways. Yeah, we tried, yeah. But none of that really mattered. You know, as long as I've, I've tried to be a good king, I think, the people will be good as well. And yeah, I've, I've changed everything. A lot of the nobles have been kind of kicked out. A lot of the sorcerer people are currently in prison. You can say executed. It's okay. <laughs> and <laughs> okay, a few were, but not all. <laughs> but, I mean, the king's got to do the king's got to do. I, and I know, I, I, well, I don't know the specifics, obviously, about what happened, but, you know, fair and past obviously i i assume either you or the gods did what they did and uh she couldn't make it out but you know that's fine i i've come to peace with it at this point um pa- uh comb but where were you guys though right i don't know we it, it's all been so confusing that's a deep pit you see and i don't know i think we just need some more time hey fellas yeah, it was, uh, it was an odd experience. We ended up in a, a strange place. Perhaps we can perhaps we can talk about it later over dinner or something. Yes, once we've had a chance to yes. wash up. And we, we still look like we, we just fell down there, so maybe a, Yeah, a nice yeah, bath. you all look pretty bloody and beat up. And Colm says, oh, oh, of course, of course, you guys should relax. Uh, I'll, I'll host a great feast tonight. Uh, please use use our washing rooms and 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 bathing rooms and and you can do that in the castle and I'll see, I'll see you for dinner please please use my hospitality surely but uh comb one thing and I know that you've probably been told this a lot over the last two months and I put my hand on his shoulder and I say your grandfather would be very proud of you thank you that it might be two months too late to hear that for the first time but uh uh, I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Well, better late, better late than never, they always say. Yes. Yes. Well, well, I'll alert everyone. I'm sure Gilbert will, will be so pleased to hear of your return. He was a mess. Uh, I'll call him for dinner as well. Shoot. Zippy, Black Cack, and Yogurt probably think you're dead again. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. But uh, <laughs> they, wouldn't, they wouldn't have forgotten about old Zip. Damn. Never. <laughs> no. Just like you guys wouldn't forget me, right? Or leave me in a pit like Colm. He at least tried. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't, I don't know what to say. I looked for you so hard. Uh, but anyways, go wash up and I will see you for dinner. 
Sweet. All right. Okay. You guys are escorted by some butlers to uh, your own individual rooms where you can kind of just wash up and, and get ready and take a break and maybe nap or short rest. Um, but you do so. And okay, you guys wash up and you leave and you head down the hall to the same room before where everybody was kind of debating with Tori and having that big meeting. You go in there and there's a huge dinner table that's just very long. It's one of those comically long long ones. Um, and you see, as you enter, everyone stands up and you see all the faces of you know the people you've met. Gilbert, Blackjack and Yogurt are there. Uh, Marley and Paige are there. Uh, Joey and James, the butlers, are there. Um, you see uh, Colm is there as well. And, and uh, Bradley is there, but only because Paige is there. And and uh, his dad. Um, but you see kind of all these noble figures and, and people. And uh, there's three spots uh, on the other side of the table for you three. But as you guys start making your way there, Gilbert just runs over to you and is like, I'm so glad you're okay. What? what? Guys, we... And he whispers in your ears. He's like, we'll have to talk about, you know, everything later. Catch me up. But did you find the first grand treasure? We'll, t- we'll talk. Yes, we did. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. Yes. The soup is great. Yes, we did. The soup thing. Uh, quieter. Quiet voices, please. Uh, great, we'll talk later. Black Dragon Yogurt come over and they're like, Oh, oh boys, uh, you gotta stop doing this near-death thing. Yeah, it's slowly killing us, boys. You gotta stop pretending to die. Especially you, Zip. You're, you're strike two, strike three, and I'm gonna believe it this time. Yeah, we're gonna believe it. A bunny's got nine lives, it seems. What? We we only have two lives and more cats. Oh, <laughs> oh. Wait, you have two lives? Uh, yeah, it's kind of a tabaxi thing. <laughs> don't, don't tell anybody. I know the rumors. All right, well, I'm going to go get changed. Oh, wait. <laughs> Take that out. <laughs> you naked, Darian? I don't... I, oh, gosh. Um, right, well, I don't know about you you three or four, but I'm famished, and I'm ready to eat. You guys sit down, and you, you greet everybody else around the table. And it's just a beautiful turkey meal with like all the best Orem has to offer. Um, just wine and, and you still have your margarita glass if you'd like that <laughs> and uh, everything else. Um, and it's a full meal. And just as you guys finish and are kind of easing back in your chairs, Colm says, and now for the most important part of your return to us, the rewards I promised you two months ago. Um, boys? And he snaps his fingers and two um, golden guards go and get uh, the, um, the chests and they lay a chest in front of each of you. Um, and would you like to open it? Yes, I open mine with haste. S- I'm going to do this with Normandy first. <laughs> Normandy, you open your chest and you see a beautiful, long, rich cloak of shimmering purple fabric. It's got some little starry bits on it, too. But you get the void cloak. What? That's a good one. This is a cloak 
that when you use your reaction, you can make a DC 16 dexterity saving throw. And if the successful, and if it's successful, the cloak appears to be a piece, a piece of the distant night sky. And the ranged attack that was sent at you, it just goes into the cloak and fades off into the starry sky of the cloak. Um, it can also be activated separately as a standard action. Uh, and you can kind of store things in it, like a bag of holding. But if you store something in there for an hour without taking it out, it kind of just gets lost to the void. Um, but the coolest thing about it is that you can activate it. And if a living creature that is, you know, can fit in the cloak charges you, uh, they have to make a DC 15 dexterity saving throw or fall into the void. Um <laughs> If they fall into the void, they're pretty much instant. Where they're pretty much dead. They can they will suffocate in the cloak within a minute, uh, in the void space. Um, so it will just kind of you know instantly kill them unless they somehow manage to get out of the void, which is very unlikely. What the? Uh, and finally, because you love that demon spooky frightening stuff, um, you can also spread the cloak wa- cloak wide into those. Uh, who don't know better, you can kind of spook them or put them into a frightened state. Uh, they have to make a wisdom save on your uh, spell save DC. So you can do all that. You can only do one of them, um, obviously at a time. And it kind of the abilities recharge after a day. So it's a once per day thing. So that's yours. So you can put the void cloak and I'll send you all the details after. Oh my gosh. Comb, Seth, DM. I love you, man. This has been amazing. <laughs> what the heck? Goes into your demon roll quite nicely. So I uh, I take it, and I... Man, I just... I stand holding it in awe. And does Comb explain it? Do I kind of intuitively know what it does? You just kind of get it. Yeah, you, you just kind of know. It's like there's a little tag that has the description on it. And I um, say to Comb... I'm undeserving of such a gift. And I put it on. Yeah, this guy doesn't deserve it. Give it to me. (laughs) (laughs) And I sit down. Uh, Next up, we'll do Darian's. You're teasing me, aren't you, DM? You're teasing me. (laughs) Just just a little bit. Um, uh, So, Darian, you open your cloak and you see kind of a gray long rich cloak again but it has this kind of sequence bit to it like you know with sequence when you rub it the one way it changes um you kind of do that but it feels kind of metallic but it's all gray um but you get the bubble cloak <laughs> um, so sexy the bubble so sexy <laughs> the bubble cloak this is a cloak that will magically wrap around your body like a suit of armor uh, and it will give you an AC of 18 plus your dex modifier for one minute <laughs> upon use. Holy. Um, so 18 plus your dex upon use for one minute. Uh, it's only a daily thing so once you've used that you can't use it for the rest of the day. Um, but it also can do one other thing uh, besides protecting you. It can also do something called the bubble. Basically, it makes an impenetrable bubble shield. The cloak expands around you and two friends if of your choosing. Uh, if they're within five feet of you, they have to be. You have to all be close together if you want to use this as a team. So Normandy and Cole, obviously. Yeah, 
Um, like so it will... in the fox. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> uh, the cloak will surround you guys like a bubble, and you cannot get hit or struck by any magic attacks. It's a complete protective barrier for one turn. Uh, but it will... It, like, you could survive a nuke with this thing. Um, <laughs> but for one turn only. So once it gets back to Darian's turn, it's over. And if you guys are inside it, you can't really break out if it's your turn and you're under it. Um, but that's what that does. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Colm. This is... This is magnificent. Thank you so much. We'll call you Bubble Boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man please don't um <laughs> and finally we have zippy zippy you open yours <laughs> and it is a green cloak fit for your size it's kind of shorter have than the rest. one of these uh but this is a better cloak i can almost guarantee it because it's the cloak of growth um so you can write that down this cloak can do one of three things. First, it can let all the nearby plants around you or like, you know, just general living things grow. Um, but it has to be kind of plant-based, but it can, it can make things grow uh, quite quickly. Uh, the other thing it does, which is more exciting, is it can heal people. Uh, it can make wounds heal faster. Uh, it's kind of like casting mass cure wounds to everybody around you. So it's a it's a very good burst of healing for those around you. Uh, but it can make plants grow. It can make wounds grow and close shut faster. And it can also make you grow. Specifically, it can make you about 25 feet tall. Whoa. Uh, you can become a giant bunny with this cloak. And, and you get all basically the buffs from being enlarged with this cloak. And it lasts for one minute when you're big. Um, and spoilers, because they know you're a druid, it also works if you're in an animal form. So you can be a big bear if you'd like. Uh, so you can do any of that. Uh, so that is your cloak. Zippy. I guess you could say I'm living large. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so that's... And again, same kind of restrictions. It's a daily use thing, so you can only use one of those things uh, daily. Okay, yeah, this is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> um, Calm speaks to you guys, and he's like, I give these cloaks to you as a gift and also maybe as an offer um maybe this is a little too soon after your arrival but guys would you like to become my personal greeters or join the greeters guild in orem and and you know i i, I can get you guys in early i i can get you in fine and whenever the the greeters actually come back from their quest you know you can fit right I in think and i think i speak for all of us and say hell to the no <laughs> I, okay, um... We're adventurers, Colm! I think what Zippy is, is trying to say... Adventurers! Is, ...is we thank you very much for your offer. Um, but I think we're at a time where we're just going to enjoy the open road. And I think take our own path for a time. And maybe we'll 
consider it in the future. Hmm. You see Gilbert give like a big sigh of relief as he hears you say that. Um, and Colm kind of looks upset for a second. He's like, I, th- I understand. Can't tie you guys down, but how about you guys keeping adventurers and, you know, if you ever need a favor from the King of Orem, just ask and I'll be there. Bunny bee, bunny do, you won't see me tying your shoes. <laughs> what? Independence. Col- Colm-, Colm is like, I yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Absolutely, Colm. Totally. Yes, well, well, it's a bramble patch. Uh, I guess, guys, come on. <laughs> I guess those were supposed to be your special greeter cloaks, but you know, uh, I'll take the patch off uh, for the greeters guild, and you can just kind of wear them as your own cloaks. Um, uh, that's fine. And um, Gilbert speaks up, and he's like, hey, hey, "Colm, um, sorry to interrupt. These are the heroes, and I think potentially they need some gold as well." You know, just a little, you know, payment. You know, the cloaks are nice, but, you know, a little something would be great, too. And he's like, "Ah, sure. How about 20,000 gold? Yeah, that'll do. (laughs) Okay. We graciously accept. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. That'll be, that'll be great. Yes. Okay, perfect. And they bring out the gold and and kind of Gilbert's like, oh, I'll I'll hold on to this for us, boys. Don't worry. Uh, We'll divvy it up at the mansion afterwards. Um. And yeah, and dinner finishes. You say your goodbyes to Colm um, for now. And Colm once again just thanks you. And all the golden guards in the room salute you guys. And Colm just says, remember boys, if you ever need that favor, I'm always here. And you'll always be Orem's heroes. Thank you, Colm. Same to you. If you ever need anything. uh, Well, we'll be gone, but you can always talk to Gilbert, I guess. And if we're ever, yeah. Also, cute, cute bird fox. I've never seen one like that at all. Um, and Bradley's like, yeah, it's super cute. Hey, little guy. And he goes, Quark. he's like, oh, stop. And Bradley leaves. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, you guys leave. And Gilbert's like, okay, boys. Uh, so back to the mansion. Or is there any last things you'd like to do before we end the season? <laughs> <laughs> uh, a little bit meta, but I understand. Um. Yeah, I need to I need to make one quick one quick stop at a shop. I can I can go by myself though if, if you guys need to do other things. Sure. Yeah, I, I got some errands I gotta run too. We can how about we all reconvene in an hour or so back at the main gate? Sure thing. Sure. Um alright, I just on our way out, I wanna make a quick pit stop um at the Jesse's bakery. The um, light as air bakery. Yes. Yeah. Um, you go there and it's just a little side shop at the center square of Orem on the side. Um, you walk in <laughs> and you see, uh, Jezzy there, uh, working at the front corner. And the, as you enter the bell kind of dings and, um, see Jezzy and she, she looks elated to see you. And she's like, Darian, I mean, Mr. Hero Darian, it, it, it's so good to see you. I, I, it's been so long. It's, it, Two months and a few days, I think. Yeah, don't don't worry. You can just call me Darian. I don't think Mr. Hero Darian has a very good ring to it. Yeah, um, I don't think so either. I'm glad to see you're sober. <laughs> yeah, I realized I never 
I never properly thanked you for helping me that day on on the street, and I, you had no reason to do so, and yet you did. And I just, I just want to thank you for that. And as well, uh, Norman brought me that that donut um, from the other day. Well, I guess it was a couple of months ago now. And oh, you got it. It was. Jesse, that was one of the most delicious things I've ever had, and I've been, I've been away from home for some time now, and I, I just want you to know that that really warmed my heart and didn't make me feel so far away. I'm so glad to hear that. Bet- between you and me, yeah, we put some Feywild ingredients in that one. We got a guy, or my husband knows a guy. He's got lots of connections, but... Uh... Actually, I, I really want you to meet him. I, I think this would be great. And she goes back and brings out this tall, well-built, like you don't see very many well-built elves, but this guy's built uh, and he's wearing like an apron and it looks like he was baking in the back. And you see the name tag that just says like Bob. <laughs> and he's like, uh, oh, um, you're, hi. You're the baker then? You're, you're uh, Bob, I can, I can see? Yeah, um, you're, uh, Darian, um, good to meet you. He <laughs> outstretches a hand to shake yours. I, uh, confidently take it and shake Ooh. it. Um, I, look, I I just want you to know that I, I'm very thankful for for you and, and your wife, for all the help that she's been to me, and I hit a low point a little while back, and she was very helpful in really raising my spirits. And I just want to thank you for that delicious, uh, the delicious pastry. Yeah, no, no worries. Wait. Uh, and he looks at your hand and he sees the ring that you're wearing with the symbol of the branch, your Archfade dad's symbol. And he sees that and he's like, um, Darian, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. What? Uh, you're, uh, uh, I, get, get out. I, I don't understand what, I was just Uh, thanking you for it. He seems, he seems really shocked and stunned. He's stammering over his words and he kind of backs up. He's like, I can't do this. Please, please leave my shop, please. And he goes into the back and Jazzy's like, Gallard, wait, wait. Uh, sorry about that, Darian. Um, he, I, I, I don't know. I, I thought he'd like to, you know, see you, but uh, I guess I was wrong. Um, I, I'm sorry. No, that's that, that's awkward. No, that's all right. I, um, I've got to go. I've got to go catch up with the uh, the rest of the crew, and Darian's kind of just like, uh. Un- subconsciously just kind of like rubbing his hand in the in the ring and, and s- so thrown off by what just happened. Mm. Um, As you... So I'll, I'll see you later, Jesse. Uh, yeah, of, of course. Come back for more donuts. We'll, we'll make some special for you again. <coughs> and as you leave, she goes into the back and I want you to make a perception check real quick. Uh, that's pretty good. Uh, that's a 15. You overhear Jesse just in the back talking to what she called Gallard, her husband. And she's like, what are you doing? 
That was so rude. What are you doing? I thought you'd like to see someone from the Feywild. You've been there so many times. Come on. What? Why wouldn't you want to talk to him? And she's just like, not him. Not him. I can't. Not him. Anyone but him. And he's like, I can't look him in the face. And she's like, what are you talking about? And you kind of uh, hear that last bit as you leave. Darian is quite thrown off by that whole thing based on his perceptions of his father in the Feywild and is just mauling over it all in his head as he as he walks away. Okay. Um, you leave the shop. Next, we'll do Normandy. Okay, so I'm going to, by asking people around me, I'm going to find the most highly recommended tattoo parlor in Orem. Okay. Uh, you ask around, and a lot of the uh, uh, people are like, uh, tattoos? I don't have tattoos. Not a lot of people have tattoos uh, in the world. Uh, but you hear somebody from a shady alley be like, hey, hey, looking for tattoos? Uh, yes, I am, actually. As someone who can uh, work with unique tattoos, specifically. Oh, yeah. I, I think I know what you mean. Huh? I got a guy. Okay, let's see him. He's back here. Come on. And he leads you through the city of Orem, more south, more to a place you haven't really been in Orem, but it, it seems much more kind of middle class, maybe lower class, as low class as this pro- prosperous city can be. But you see in this alley, uh, there's lots of people just sitting on the floor. And then there's kind of a cloth blanket over this doorway uh, in in between these alleys. And he, he lifts up the, the blanket. and He's like, go on in. I go in. <laughs> and you see, as you enter in, you see a guy, a really buff guy in like a tattoo chair, just like a chair lying back. And you can hear the bzzz of a tattoo um, kind of gun or whatever they have in this world, which is, it's kind of like a mechanical, it's not electric, but it's like a mechanical and you hear like the Steampunk, baby. Um, exactly. And you just see this really tough guy just like crying. He's like, oh, oh, oh no, it hurts. And he's like, and you see a goblin with these big like goggles. He's like binoculars that are kind of strapped to his face with this little hat that he wears. They kind of like flip up and down. But he has these binoculars that are kind of zoomed in on the tattoo. And he's like, come on, quit, quit whining. This, this doesn't hurt at all. You're a baby. I've, I've tattooed children. And they've taken it better than you. And he's just like, oh, don't say that. Come on. And then he's like, okay, you're done for today. We'll finish it up next session. Um, please get out. Uh, oh, hello. And a new customer. And the goblin hops down. And the goblin's not wearing like fancy clothes or anything. He's just kind of wearing an apron and like a t-shirt. And, and some pants, but uh, he speaks with such, like, regality, which is not common for goblins. It's it's more, you know, guttural and, like, kill, kill, kill. But uh, he notices you, and he's like, oh, another customer. Um, Well, as you can see, I already have quite a few tattoos on me in uh, this kind of teal color. Um, they kind of are... Yeah, shoddy <clears throat> craftsmanship, if I might say myself. Well, they were done by a dying man, so, you know... Be a little respectful, but anyways, um, a lot of them are in different runes and languages that um, an old friend of mine knew, um, but they're actually the source of my of the magic that I use when I'm in battle and when I'm doing other things. Um, but I have some open. I've heard of that before. My... That's a very ancient tattooing method. Hmm. To kind of instill the ink with 
magical properties that go into kind of your core magic of your soul, you know? Uh, well, you, you honestly would know more. It sounds like you know more of it than I do, more about it than I do. Do you do any of that? Oh, you better believe my bottom dollar I do. Um, but how are you going to be paying for this? I have gold. It's quite expensive. I I have gold. Um, some with me, a lot not with me, but I can get it sent to you. Uh, for sake of time, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say for the sake of ending this season well, you wire him the gold <laughs> <laughs> you know, for, uh, from the lump sum you just got. Okay. Um, he's like, all right, sit down. Uh, let's see, you, what kind of ink do you want me to use? Um, I've got some here, but. You know, we're not going to use that. I have this. And I'm going to take out that vial that I collected of Mir's white blood. At least I really hope it's blood. It is blood. (laughs) Okay. And he's like, what is... We've never seen this before, but... Looks absolutely electrifying. Obviously, Um, I appreciate your discretion about this. Yeah, of course. Obviously, keep my shop on the down low, by the way. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, ready to get started? What kind of symbol do you want or, or design and where? I want right on my forearm, kind of wrapping around in the open real estate that's there, um, the sigil of the Calm Cloud Monastery. Um, uh, yeah. That's an ancient place. Do you got any reference for me? Um, yes, and I, I kind of sketch it up from memory. Say, this is kind of how it looks. Um, and this is, and underneath, I want the symbol of how it's written in the tiefling tongue underneath. And I kind of sketch it out for him. This is my favorite view of, of the islands, right at sunset. He takes the sketch and he puts it into your arm. And while most of your tattoos are teal, this one is pure white. Um, but you have this tattoo and you're not sure what it does, but you feel like some power is in it. But it'll take some experimenting to figure out in season two. Oh no! That's uh, so what was cool. the second thing you wanted to do very quickly? <clears throat> I want to go visit the music shop where there was that owl man that lost his hand. Sure, Dawson and Lemon Macaw. Uh, you go there and you see you enter in, and the store has been repaired. The piano is kind of uh, fixed, or it's a new model. But you walk in, and and they're like, oh. It's you. How how, how uh, Lemon Macaw speaks up and is like, how how are you doing? I'm I've been very fortunate. Where's Dawson? And he comes out of the back and he's like, uh, hey, what? Oh, hello, Dawson. It's it's great to see you. Well, good to see you too. How's his hand? Uh, his hand is actually cut off. He has no hand there. <sighs> I'm going to go up to him and I'm going to say, Dawson, for whatever part I played, I'm so sorry for what happened to you that day, two months ago. Uh, don't worry about it. I'm over it. Uh, just a little PTSD, but I'm fine. I give him my greeter's cloak and I say, this will fetch a pretty penny to the right person. And Oh, uh, you sure you can part with this? I won't be needing it anymore and i give him i guess i give him all the gold i have on me left over which is 150 gold and i say okay awesome i say it's not much it's all i have and i hope to continue to make right by you someday you're you're too kind especially 
getting such high praise from a hero. Um, well, I gotta give you something in return. Uh, how about a tune-up on your accordion? Ooh, sure, yeah. All right. And you spend the time with Dawson just talking casually as he tunes up your accordion. Okay, sweet. Zippy, what would you like to do? Um, I want to go to the closest post office. <laughs> oh, I know what's going. Okay, okay. Uh, you go to the closest post office. Um, it's just a regular post office. You see a lot of busybodies inside, a, a lot of actual pigeon aarakocra just running back and forth. And they're like, oh, hello. Uh, I find a desk and then I pull out a paper and a pen. Uh, you do so. Um, what was that giant ape's name again? Mongo. Dear Mongo, this has been quite a wild adventure since we last met. Oh my I would like to tell you briefly about all the things I got into. I know you said we'd be pen pals, and this is me making that effort. I'd like to see the same from you. <laughs> Ever since I left that day, I've missed you. You see, we had a connection, you and I, animals, you see. Darian and Norman, they're great, but I've always found I could connect with animals a little better, like the tabaxis I'm with. Although they've taught me a lot, surely, and I've lost and felt things along the way that I'll never get back. But here I am making an effort just to, you know, throw this out there. I just, I miss you, Bongo, and thanks for being such a great, great monkey back then. And then I close it, and then I mail it off. <laughs> you bring it to the counter. And give it to uh, one of the pigeon Aarakocra, and they're like, oh, 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 thank you. Uh, oh, wait, uh, you're the hero, Zippy, right? Yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, I believe I have some mail for you. And they hand an envelope to you. Uh, I open it. And it's like you can hear the voice of the one who wrote it. <gasps> it's specifically a postcard, and there's a picture on the front of a giant ape lying in a beach chair, like just on the beach with an umbrella and a, and a drink with a little umbrella in his hands. And it says, greetings from Bayside, the place where apparently the conference for um, the ammo people is going to be held. Um, and he's just, you see, just chilling on the beach. It looks very resort-like and very tropical. And you flip it over and on the back, it's like, it's very poorly written. <laughs> you can barely make it out. Because monkeys are really right, but, but I can hear like his voice hear in my head. Yeah. You can hear it. And it goes. <laughs> and it even like he wrote out this screech. <laughs> I hope you're doing well. I, I knew too. Uh, I promised you to, uh, that I would write. And I, this is me making good on promise. Oh, my letter is going to be Come visit awkward. me soon in Bayside. <laughs> I will be in the jungles of Tikul in Leek's garden, maybe walking around. I'll visit every month to see if you come by. Expect more cards soon. Laugh! Mongo. Well, great. I'm glad he's doing well. I'll try and visit him if I think about it. And then I leave. And you leave. And you've mailed off yours to uh, Mongo. Um... He was also wearing a Hawaiian shirt in that picture, I should mention. And a, <laughs> just, 
just for my sake, honestly, just so I know I mentioned it. <laughs> In flip-flops, please. Yeah. And you all go back and meet at the main gate. Um, and uh, as you're there, Gilbert's like, okay, uh, well, let's get going. Um, I brought your horses. Uh, Tea Leaf, Denmark, and Longface's Cloppy Hooves are there. And they're like, it's been so long. I've missed you. Quit dying. Over and over. My heart can't take it. I've got to do all of this. Well, if you can't take that much, you're not a very useful horse, so... <laughs> I need you to be stronger. Just like... Just like me. You push me. You push me to be greater. And I will be greater! <laughs> I will be the best horse you've ever seen! <laughs> And he's filled with inspiration again, as you always do, uh, with long face coffee hoops. Um, uh, as you're going, the guards at the gate also mentioned to you, uh, uh, by the way, um, uh, heroes, uh, I'm sure you won't be needing that golden guard armor anymore that you left in your room, so we'll just be taking that. So um, uh, thank you for protecting Colm at that time, though. You were a great temporary golden guard. So you've lost your golden guard armor, but you got the cloaks, so that's all good. Um, and you guys head off back to the mansion. Once you're there, um, Blackjack and Yogurt go like catnap on the sofas because it's been a long, exhausting, emotional day for them. Um, and Marley and Paige go and play in their rooms and Joey and James get to work and Gilbert takes you downstairs to that room where you kept Beryl in before you pass kind of his weird room of trinkets and you go into this kind of office and he closes the door and he's like tell me everything and you guys tell him everything i suppose unless there's there is there anything you want to leave out no we tell him everything okay I think so yeah pepper after telling the story you can see he's pepper's actually kind of sitting on gilbert's lap it's it's taking a liking to gilbert and and gilbert's kind of petting him and he's like so that explains this creature I've never seen one before, um, but it's so cute. And it goes, and then uh, he's like, oh, I don't know what that means, but okay. Um, well, let me take a look at the journal, if you don't mind. And sure. And give him the journal. And he's flipping through, and he's seeing the same things you see, and he sees the God thing at the end as well. And he's like, I don't know. Where uh, this language is from, or or what it means, but I think I know someone who can. They're they're down in the jungle lands, far south from here. But I don't know if we can necessarily make it there by horse. But that's why I preemptively got all that gold, because I thought an occasion like this might just occur. How do you guys feel about getting a new form of transportation to move around the world a little bit faster and maybe finally find where this key fits into? I'm down for that. I think I've had enough of Orm for a time. Totally. I think we all have. Yeah, this place sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we gotta travel the world now. But first, maybe an airship? <gasps> what? Oh, boy. Oh, Season Baby. two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 
I'm sorry, did you There's say a place. airship? I did say airship. I've heard maybe there might be such a thing at Pokerock. Um, but also... You know, there's other ways to get around if if we don't want to do the airship or if it doesn't turn out how to be what we want, but... Airship. Yeah? Airship. <laughs> totally. Give me the airship. Pokerok, I believe, is starting to develop some. That's kind of the dwarven capital that lives in, in the mountains of Kassaran. Um, So, what do you guys say? Make our way there? Well, how about I don't make my way there, you guys do, and we'll stay here for your return. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds like an adventure to me. Sounds like a great plan. We'll write to you. Every day. Thank you. Normandy will. (laughs) Well, when you get back, we head south and we find a grand treasure. I put my hand in the middle. Hand in the middle? Hand in the middle. Hands on top. You guys... Thanks, Darian. <laughs> you guys actually hear the footsteps of Blackjack and Yogurt, and they come in, and they're like, Sorry, I was listening in. Hands in the middle. And they put their hands in. And Joey and James come in, and they put their hands in the middle. And Marley and Paige come in and put their hands in the middle. Paige speaks up and says, Oh, um, I don't know what we're doing, but, you know, this feels white. And Marley signs something, and Paige uh, says, oh, she says uh, she is happy we're all together again. Blackjack speaks up and he's like, you know, it's starting to become like a family, a real and Yogurt yogurt speaks up and says, not a family, a team. Yeah, team. Uh, It's been an honor being your butler so far and I hope to continue doing it. Yes, uh, (laughs) same here. But not as enthusiastic. Sorry. And Gilbert's like, all right, uh, teammate, boys. Teammate. Teammate. Three, two, one. Teammate. teammate! Woohoo! And you guys prepare for your next adventure and leave the mansion and are off on a new adventure. And that's the end of a season. Did you really think we were going to end without a after credits scene? Yeah, hell no. Let me set the scene for you real quick. On a boat, somewhere in between Orem and the floating sea city of Sanguine, we find a lone Shadarkai, which is basically a gray-skinned dark elf from the Shadowfell plane. And she is meditating cross-legged on the bottom deck of this ship. You see she's wearing a light blue sash in her monk garb. And actually, this is known as the Calm Cloud Monastery Colors for monks. There is also some heavy bandages over her left shoulder. 
footsteps start to come down the stairs to the bottom deck. And a young, apling boy wearing the same monk garb has appeared on the bottom deck. Sister, uh, how are you feeling? Uh, does it does it still hurt or has it calmed down? It feels fine. It's calmed down quite a bit. Would you mind taking the bandages off to see, though? I can't really get a good look myself. Uh, of course, yeah, uh, I'll help right now. And he moves over to her and starts undoing the bandages. By the way, May, uh, how is the, the eye looking? Are we any closer to finding Norman? I, I want to just find him and tear him apart for what he did to Master Matsumura. I can barely take it anymore. Now, Cornelius, calm down. Calm down. Breathe. We will find Normandy very soon. I can tell. He's in Orem. Only a few more days, and we can have our revenge. And you can see May, the Shatterkai, is holding this glass jar in her hands. And there is a floating eyeball in this just clear liquid and it's looking in one direction towards Orum. Uh, you're you're right you're right May sorry calm calm ooh okay um one sec I'm almost done unwrapping but I gotta ask May do, do you think in the long run it'll be worth it? And as Cornelius finishes unraveling the bandages on her shoulder, you see a tattoo of a blue flower, the blue rose, right on her back left shoulder. And it's moving as if it's starting to bloom. I think it was definitely worth it. Norman can't be allowed to live. And this will make sure of it.